You're listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Mike Reed. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Well, welcome. Yes, indeed. We're back. It's just going. It's just going. It's just going on and on and on. Episode number thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're, ah, thirty-two, we're, man. It's so fast. I know. I know. Uh, first time uh, the other day, someone said, "You guys have already done that many episodes?" Because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people start the podcasting and then I don't think they stick with it. This this has been an mm-hmm. awesome project, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. We uh, want all of our listeners to let us know how you think about all this. What do you? How do you feel? Do you? Uh, do you like what we're doing? Yeah. Anything you want to change? Know. Yeah, let us know for sure. You can mm-hmm. uh, call or email. Um, call the number seven zero seven six five four can C A N N, and the uh, email is info at canvasagenda dot com. Hey, dude, what do we got on the uh, agenda today? Oh my, there's a. The typical uh, heavy lineup from California, you know, that's going to happen yeah. probably well after uh, Prop t- Prop uh, 19 passes us by, um, approved or not. Um, we've got some other stuff from Cali as well. The governor signed in a, a pretty important decriminalization law. Um, uh, let me see here. We got some news from the national spotlight, uh, a little bit more from our 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 beloved friend, Steve Dushy. Um, he's going to be talking to Steve Fox on Fox News. Um, a couple Democratic governor gubernatorial candidates are saying decriminalize it. Um, that's a good that's a good start. Um, let me see. MPP over in the east side. Uh, MPP's Dan Rifle talks uh, D.C. medical marijuana. Um, we're going to go to Oregon. Um, ProOregon.org um, has launched a something in support of Measure 74, which we'll talk about a little bit more later in the show. Um, Rocky Mountain High over in Colorado, um, a little bit interesting this time. Um, Big Brother wants to watch over their medical cannabis grows. Yeah, I was uh, talking to a a Colorado grower about that recently. Apparently that's big. They're not very happy about that whole situation over there. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I thought, well, I don't know. Let me let me look into this. And I looked into a couple of stories. And on the comments of one of them, uh, one of the supporters of, of medical cannabis said, you know, I think this is a great idea in concept, but the way they want to do it is really scary. There's another alternative. And we'll talk about that briefly uh, a little bit later in the show, too. To me, it was just about, I don't know, maybe even more scary, but, you know. We'll see. Um, of course, the Mexican drug war violence drags on. Um, cover a little bit about that. There's a little bit of something from the research bin, and we got a really decent clip for the end of the show today, as well. Hey, dude, what's up? Are we getting a? Are we doing an interview today with a newbie grower? I hope so. We're gonna see if we get him online later. We're still waiting to get confirmation on that, so we might might be doing a. Um, He's he what he has a bunch of questions he wants to ask, right? Yeah, he said he's got a a, a journal full of them. Whoa, whoa, hmm. okay. whoa. <laughs> so maybe it'll be whoa. a two-part series. <laughs> maybe it'll be a two-part <laughs> series. Yeah, um, in the future we'll, we'll start, uh, we'll be doing more grow-related stuff. So, uh, um, cool. And we need cool. that. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a new newfound understanding of how important your your grow tips are to us all. 
as well to, as well as all uh, you know experienced cannabis growers grow tips. Um, there was a story I was just reading that says, "Do not." It was in the L.A. Times. It says, "Do not uh, attempt to ask your master gardener about uh, how to grow cannabis." They have a, an industry-wide uh, stance where they won't give you any help when it has to do with weed. Isn't that something? What do you mean? Well, the like a master gardener the, in Oklahoma or Texas, uh, they like are told at some yeah, point. Like you know, if you go to your uh, not florist, what am I thinking of? Your your gardening center. You know, where they're a real established one, like, you know, a standalone one that has a master gardener that works there, you know, that has all the tips, all the knowledge, you know, one of those pro guys. Yeah. Uh, they typically, they typically won't help you if you say it's for cannabis. But, you know, I don't know. How hard is that to get around? I mean, there's some pretty similar growing. Uh, I mean, some of these grow tips work pretty similarly for some other kind of plants, I would I would assume, right? It probably depends on the gardener, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I don't know. I mean, you can get very basic plant information without being, you know, specific to it being the cannabis plant. But there's a lot of, I mean, you don't prune, can, you know, indoor cannabis the same way you'd grow tomatoes outside in your garden. You know what I mean? Even right. though, Even though they both have vegetative cycle and are triggered by light to flower, um, mm-hmm. they're different, you know. So... So it's it's tough for people to get around. You know, that's one of the big things out here. There's actually a grow store down in, in Oak. I mean, even here in Humboldt, grow stores don't talk about pot. We just talk about every we could. I mean, we know what plant we're talking about, so you don't ever have to mention weed or marijuana or anything yeah. like that. So we talk you know, about it with that. What? Surprisingly, okay. this came. This is this is uh, one of the mandates that came down in California from the UC extension of the Master Gardener program. And uh, it came down last week from uh, this. This lady's name was Pan Pam Geisel, I guess her name is. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but she's the statewide master gardener coordinator at UC Davis, and she passed along instructions to everybody, supposedly from uh, the office of the general counsel of the UC Regents, who oversee that uh, master gardener and the community gardening programs um, via their agricultural and natural resources division, and said. It prohibits the ANR policy prohibits any services directly associated with the plant. <laughs> the so, plant. Yeah. That's pretty uh pretty crazy. Things some of the things that are happening nowadays. She's a hater of love. Love hater. She is. Yeah, I agree. Love hater. Hater of love. Hey. Screw her. We'll talk about the damn plant here on the canvas agenda. Hopefully uh, right. our uh, newbie homie will uh, call in and um, or we'll get him on the line and get to talk about some uh, growing stuff today. Um, mm-hmm. Try and bring some more of that action to the table here in the future. So everybody can uh, find us in several different ways. Check out our website, canvasagenda.com. Any thoughts, comments, questions, ideas, story scoops, whatever, um, shoot them to us via e- email, which is uh, info at cannabisagenda.com. Um, or, of course, you can uh, call at any time, 707-654-CAN, Whenever you email or call, we will use your first name and the state you're from if you tell us. Um, or you can, you know, use whatever acronym you want or um, uh, tell us not to, to use your name or state or whatever. 
Um, you can also find us on iTunes, um, and you can subscribe, and then it'll be up. It'll be uploaded, you know, immediately once it's available, and you'll be able to just uh, listen to to it from your iTunes. We really, really would appreciate it if you guys could leave reviews um, on mm-hmm. iTunes. Uh, we're still doing the Twitter thing, um, yep. but uh, we're doing Facebook, uh, Facebook a lot more now. What's what all's new with Facebook, Matt? What is new with Facebook? Yeah, didn't we find some new things? Like now um, you can like the shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just drew a blank. Go to our website. Is he talking about? Yeah, you can go to our website. You can look at our show where we have show notes too. So you can click on any of the stories from those notes, by the way, and it'll take you to the link to where Mm -hmm. we dug the story from. Um, But you can also, if you like the show, you can click the like button right next to the show, and it'll post in in your recent activity that uh you like this episode or whatever um and we would uh we would love to get feedback that way of course uh, invite mm-hmm. your friends this is huge we really um uh, would like for all of you who are, are becoming involved with this community to um to start um inviting your friends now uh send out invites on facebook it's a really easy way to do it um and uh hopefully they will uh you know check out the page and if they have an inkling they'll then you know move on over to our website and start listening mm-hmm. to the show. We want to grow the community. Um, so please send out those right. invites. That would that would help us a lot. Uh, we got a, some new exper- experimental stuff going on. What's what's up with that, Matt? This is pretty cool. So I, <laughs> I was just playing around a couple of mornings ago, and um, I decided to try to start a streaming, uh, a radio stream of, of the Cannabis Agenda. Um, for eventually, you know, maybe we'll take this thing live, um, you know, down the road a little bit. But in the in the meanwhile... Uh, it's streaming our six most recent episodes round the clock. So you can, um, if you go to our what website, is, what's that? I guess I'm confused. What is streaming? See, I thought streaming meant live. So streaming doesn't necessarily mean live. What Stream, is streaming? Streaming is, it's, I guess it's, uh, you can call it like akin to broadcasting. It It is live in the sense that you can't fast forward or rewind. It's like turning your television on. Oh, so you just cut to it. And uh-huh. then it is wherever it is, and you that's got all it. you can do from that place is listen to it where it's where it's at. So, and, and and you think that potentially some people might appreciate this format even more? Uh, I have no idea, but okay. We, <laughs> <laughs> providing that stream does allow us to list the show in uh, some of these streaming directories, so maybe we'll get some more exposure. Okay, that's that's sure. big. Okay, I see what you're getting at there. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, so, and and if there's anyone out there that wants to tune in, they can go to the website and uh, there's a, there's a link um, that should, if you have iTunes or some other uh, media player, it should open right up and and start. And we can do us because we're streaming. We're streaming now too. We could do a, a live show, right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. could. Except uh, we'd have to figure out what to do when we cut. We just wouldn't yeah. cut. <laughs> oh, you mean like we need music or, or, or something? Like we need to cut right now because you just fell into a can again. Uh, okay, so that's a can of gravel. Okay, so we just start back at you. Say we need to figure out what we do when we cut. Well, we just plug some music in or something, then it would work out. Yeah, and then I don't know. It's just like. Uh, how do we put them? How do we turn the music? It's like a technical challenge, more of like a more than sure. a, a logistic. I'm sure we could figure it out. 
And our listeners yeah. may not care if we're only if we have it takes us thirty seconds to fix a problem. They might enjoy know. listening to us behind the scenes as long as we don't get too uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we don't cut that much material. We we've I don't think we've ever edited for. Um, uh, we've never made like a an edit just because we we didn't like something. Else. Normally technical reasons. Right. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. always technical reasons or or pee breaks or something, you know, like I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screw-ups or technical glitches. Yeah, but never for content is what I was trying the word mm-hmm. what I was trying to think of. We've never edited content. So Did you just call oh, Kilgarkowski a ass licker? Cut that out. Nah, we <laughs> no, I think we'd that. leave that in, yeah. Let's keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was the ass clown? We didn't ever we 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 didn't edit any of the ass clown shenanigans, huh. did we? I don't no we no we left that in. That was all. Yeah. <laughs> Our listeners right. like talk of ass clowns. I think. Yep. Hey, there it is. Spelled wrong. Boom. Still, huh? Oh, Hoffner. Self Hoffner. Yeah. See that T there in the wrong spot. Ah, yeah. yes, it is. It, it's yeah it's thrown me off a couple times um because like it it makes it hard for me to remember if it's self hotner or selt hoffner and it is selt hoffner um jay selt hoffner is running for um a state legislative office in the city of wisconsin mm-hmm. what's it the 41st district yes it's a wisconsin state assembly in the 41st district and he's running on a cannabis agenda um as an independent um, against a three-term incumbent Republican. I'm um, not sure if there is uh, – is there a Democrat in the race? Have we asked him that? There is, a, I believe, three-term incumbent uh, Republican. That's the main – is there is there no one running as a Democrat? Is it just Jay and Jay um, and the incumbent? As, yeah, as far as I'm aware, I think it's just uh, – as far as I'm aware, I think it's Jay versus the um, Republican incumbent. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll clarify that when we check in with him next time. Also, um, we're we're hoping that we can help uh, Jay get some uh, much needed funding to get his word out through the media. Because if you know anything about political campaigns, you know that it all runs via the media and getting the word out to people, and uh, that's unfortunately very expensive to do. So, being as how we here at the Cannabis Agenda are all about all things cannabis, and Jay Selthofner. Uh, indeed also seems to be very much in tune with all things uh, cannabis-related and is running on a cannabis agenda for an actual uh, state position in the Wisconsin State Assembly, we were natural allies, and we offered to help him try to stir up some revenue. So what he's, off, what he's asking for is for all of anybody that's able to, um, it's a very humble uh, request. He's just asking for $4.20 if you can do that. Um, if you can do more, that's great. Um, uh, but yeah, you can contact him. You can follow the link from cannabisagenda.com right on our site there. Or uh, you can also reach it through J. Selthofner. That's J A Y S E L T H O F N E R.com forward slash C A. And you can get that right uh, right to him. Um, I think, uh, Cogs, do you know what kind of payment does he take? Is there. Uh, it's PayPal, I think. PayPal. And with the PayPal, you can do the credit card or anything else. I don't. I don't know if he has a direct credit card option or not, but um, yeah, sure. You can definitely do a awesome. credit card with PayPal. And uh, and rest assured, you you will be. We are we are walking the walk as we always try to do here at, at Cannabis Agenda. Um, our our wonderful producer Cogs was so gracious as to give a, a 
kind of a three time donation. Uh, what was that? A 12 something it comes out to three times 420, which represented all of us here at the show. And then Pot Green did the same. And I wanted to announce, I think it's a little premature because, you know, the check is in my mail coming. So as soon as I get my money in, I'm, uh, I'm planning on doing the same. So we will all have donated it as well. So I have to, I have a mea culpa. What's that? A mea Yeah, my uh, the the original donation I contributed for us three was was sent back to me. What? Yeah, I, I haven't told you guys the story, and it was. I mean, it's. I'm I'm sure they like me. It's not like uh, they didn't want the money, <laughs> but um, my PayPal donation had my business account name on it, and they're not allowed to accept business uh, uh, donations from businesses. So I need to figure out how to resend it to them, like with my personal name and not my business name. Right. It all comes uh, out of the same account, but uh, it need, just needs to have my name instead of my business name. Uh, Weird. Yeah. Okay. So my check is in the mail too. <laughs> they're on it, so you know. Yeah, they're at least they, you know at least they're, they're observing the rules. That's good. Okay, so we uh, we've got some emails this week. Uh, Punabud sent us a um, sent us an email, um, and. Uh, he was talking about uh, Hawaii again. Um, we appreciate every, uh, appreciate your emails, Punabut. Uh, um, yeah, um, he's talking in particular about how uh, the Big Island, Hawaii in general, is a great place to grow herb. And that he has a word that there are some entrepreneurs out there searching for land to do commercial cannabis. Um, yeah, I think you guys get like two full outdoor harvests a year out there, and, and it would be an amazing place to uh to live and grow if you could do that there so um i i totally agree i bet you could you, you could, you'd enjoy yourself there jamie oh absolutely are you kidding me <laughs> it can't get too hot for me i love it when it's hot outside you know if it gets too bad I, just go inside and cool off <laughs> so, so the crazy thing about hawaii dude it's not really that hot it's like 80 you know all the time yeah. it's i mean it, it probably gets to 90 several times a year but the ocean's right there, man. It's 75, 80 degrees, you know? So it's, it's, it's refreshing, uh, out there. The, I'm sure plants would, I'm sure plants would, would love it. Um, you, uh, Puno, we appreciate the, uh, the, the link. We will, uh, get to your, um, stories that you, uh, uh, recommended last week. We also got an email from, uh, or I'm sorry, not last week, next week. We'll get to, to, uh, some of these things. Um, we'll get to it last week. You know, we're, we're a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Daily emailed us too, recommending that we uh, um, tell people to vote via absentee ballot. Um, I've never voted that way. Have you? I have not. I've never registered that way. I was a little. I was always a little weary of kind of doing that. I don't know. I just. I don't know why I didn't. Tr- I just don't trust it. And it might be completely irrational for me to think that. I mean, there's no real. I don't know. I just don't trust the people that take the votes anyway. I mean, they, they black out, they block out uh, African American voters all the time. Shoot, women had to like actually fight in the streets and march to get their vote counted. I mean, it just it, there's too much at stake for these people that are running for these offices, you know, for them to be involved in some nefarious, I don't know, mis mis uh, appropriation of my vote. So right. that's probably not even a rational way to think about it. I, I realize that, but you know, I've never done that. But that is a very interesting point. I don't know. Um, I guess the the main objective would be you could always make sure that you actually get a vote to go in, provided right, it does get legitimately counted. <laughs> right. You. I mean, you you know you mailed it off, so there's no like, 
having to coordinate on the day of and everything. And, you know, um, you, you can, I mean, there's some people that have trouble even getting out of their jobs for time to vote and stuff. So, um, I could see it being beneficial, but I have the same, the same hangups on it as you. And I know in the past, like they, I've heard them talking about, well, they may not even count all the absentee ballots on this because the numbers are so wah, 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 wah. But I believe that you can, you can even put your absentee ballot in the mail up. It has to be dated up to the day of the election. So if it takes a couple of days to get there, they're not even going to count that vote until a couple of days. It's just, it just seems awkward to me, but I'm sure it works fine. And I, I mean, I know like Oregon, I think that they do absentee ballot voting only. So, um, really? yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So, um, you hmm. know, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, it's what's going think, on. So I think you're right. It, it's the media. It's the media that made me feel that way because you know you'll hear about these big contested races and they've counted them all and this guy's already planning for a recall and this guy's arguing that recall's not necessary but he can handle it if it if it is if it does happen no problem because he knows he won legit and and then they always say as a kind of an aside they say. Meanwhile, the the absentee ballots haven't actually been even brought into the fact, you know, factored into the situation yet. It makes me, it just gives me the image like there's these big, like some of them big black trash bags full of votes somewhere in in like, in like some warehouse or, you know, garage somewhere or something. But yeah, I'm sure that's not the way it actually works, you know? Right. Right. Um, Let's see. We got a bunch of stuff. I made a um, new friend on, uh, EmpireMedia.com, that uh, social networking site for the Empire mm-hmm. events, and, uh, kind of related around the Empire events and stuff. Um, guy's named Steve uh, from Arizona. Um, Steve, uh, it's 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 really nice to uh, make your acquaintance. Um, and you've sent us some links uh, regarding uh, the upcoming election in Arizona, where Prop 203 is on the ballot, which is a new medical mm-hmm. marijuana. Um, Bill there. It would be the third time you guys have passed one. Hopefully this one is enacted. Uh, He's saying he's a little concerned about it, though, because it doesn't really uh, specify what the deals with growing is. It kind of looks like the dispensaries are supposed to, um, uh, you know, provide all their own weed. So he's a little bit questionable about how that's going to work out and uh, may not be super beneficial for him. But uh, you sent me a book here and I am going to get through all of your stuff here and uh, do some research, and we will be talking a little bit about Arizona next week. So uh, thanks, Steve. Um, we really appreciate it. Keep them, keep them coming, man. And uh, looks like we got an email from Sean, too. Um, he loved last week's show, um, and he liked the show before that, too, uh, with, uh, when we interviewed. What was, uh, what was your, your, um, the guy's name we interviewed Christopher from Colorado? Christopher Peza. Yeah, he, he said Peza. that was gr- Chris Peza. He said that was great, um, and uh, he can, he said that uh, we should do strain reviews on the show potentially, um, especially since you know we we we're puffing on here sometimes anyway. Might as well talk about you know what we're what we're uh, puffing on, what what's been going on. We've been thinking about that, doing that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. We were going to get to one last week. We had some time restraints, um, but we'll, we will be getting to uh, those sort of things in the future. And sure, like I have no problem talking about when I take a smoke break on the show, uh, talking mm-hmm. about what I'm smoking on. I, do, I am blessed to live in Humboldt and uh, do get to try a lot of different types. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sure that I have the best palate, but uh, <laughs> I've, been pra- I've been, I've been, you know, I've been, been practicing my palate, if that's what you do to your palate. <laughs> 
<laughs> You've been exercising your palate. Ex exercising my palate. So um, I think that's a good idea, Sean, and uh, we appreciate the, uh, the feedback. Um, we really enjoyed the last two shows as well. So, uh, and we're kind of, you know, trying to find our groove with, uh, with our formatting, um, for instance. And the timing week, is a lot better. Yeah, the timing. We, we're really enjoying the Sunday shows. Um, I, 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 was, I was happy to do it last Sunday, and, and I'm happy to do it today. It's good to do it in, earlier in the day where our energy is yeah. up more, you know. Yeah, it's good to do the show when you feel like a human. Right, instead of like a, <laughs> a robot. I am a robot. I'm a robot. Don't talk to me. I'm a robot. <laughs> All right, that wasn't funny. Um, <laughs> Kent, Kent emailed us about bongs and thongs. He said, great show. This is uh, referring to last week's show. Um, as for your question regarding bongs and thongs, photos, here are my suggestions. <laughs> I already read this to you, right, Matt? He said, Ann Coulter, but you may have to Photoshop out the huge bulge in the thong. <laughs> Greta Van Susteren, and maybe Christine O'Donnell. But you could substitute oh. a dong for the bong with her. For the ladies, <laughs> I would suggest Spliffs and Speedos featuring Bill O'Reilly. You could take the bulge from Ann's photo and paste it onto Bill's. And uh, Charles Crosshammer and the Richard the Dick Cheney. So uh, those are some good su suggestions. Um, yeah, we'll be getting to more bongs and thongs in the future. I've been doing a little research from the research bin. <laughs> is that where we filed it huh well i i through empire i found a chick that does like for real pot and porn stuff like crazy like a whole fetish genre that you didn't even know existed and i'm gonna see if we can get her on the air <laughs> in the future um to tell us what her angle is there but uh there's a it, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of different stuff ranging from super classy to probably pretty trashy so we will uh get into that more in the future but thanks kent first time emailer there we really mm -hmm. appreciate it keep listening yeah. keep emailing uh let us know what you think i think i'm pretty sure pretty sure that that is it for our um that's that's the emails we got for this week so mm -hmm. um keep them keep them coming guys you can email us anytime info at com or like we've said in the past call us 707-654-CAN c-a-n-n right all right where are we now we're moving on to um events, events. yeah Events, 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 events. The only event I know that the Stony Awards, which is a high times thing, I think happened yesterday. Um, we really oh, did. You, I think so. I'm pretty sure it oh, happened. Yeah, I missed in, it. Ro rolled out the green carpet yesterday for the Stony Awards, and right. I believe it went down in L.A. Um, we we need our community's help with these events. Um, if you guys hear of any events that are going on out there at all, or can send us links or tell us about them, please do. Uh, we'll sure. even, uh, we'll even talk about protests in your area, especially areas where we have a uh, large, uh, uh, amount of listeners like in Wisconsin. We would love to let you guys know about your, even your local events, uh, if you're listening to the show. Um, so the only events I've got right now are still from the Empire Expos, um, which, um, are occurring. Oops. Uh, why in the hell is alcohol legal? Did you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, that was uh, random. Um, sorry. Uh, L.A. Um, Empire Expo in L.A. December 11th and 12th. 
they will be in Seattle on March 4th through the 6th of 2011 and in Denver on August 5th through 7th. Check out their site, empiremedia.net. You can create a profile there. It's, it's a pot social network thing. So check it out. Awesome. Uh, me and Jake Hass are on there now, and we are trying to see, um, you know, if it's more it friends. Yeah, definitely. Kind of see see where it takes us. So those are the events that I've got on the agenda. What do you got going on there, Jay? Well, I just wanted to include that uh, if somebody wanted to send some uh, something about an event, um, including protest or, or some kind of sort of gathering or kind of uh, civic uh, uh, event, then please make sure you give us a little lead time on that because we want to make sure that we get it out there early enough that people can plan it for their schedules so they can hopefully attend. All right? Just a little yes. tip. Yeah, as soon as you know, let us know, and then we'll let uh-huh. everybody know. So right on. Cool. You got an announcement? What's going on? Yeah, there's this neat place you were uh, you were talking about going over some strains. Well, this one actually, I don't know, it doesn't actually go over the whole characteristics of strains per se. But there's this new site right now that's just out. Um, Alan Alan Saint Pierre, the uh, executive director of Normal, wrote a thing about it. Um, and I was reading, he said, consumers now have a tool to price and find the best marijuana available for purchase. And this thing is at legalmarijuanadispensary.com. It's called Weedmats, Weed, I'm sorry, <laughs> weedmaps.com. And I believe this is the one that was in the news about uh, T-Mobile um, said that they're not going to allow it to run on there. And they're getting sued for that right now. So we'll see how that all works out. But uh this is a pretty cool site. Um, I was checked it out just a little bit. It has L.A., Orange County, San Diego, Northern Central Cali, Colorado, Inland Empire. Other states is listed in here, too. It's got, I believe, uh, Michigan and places. Uh, Kalamazoo is right on the front of the, of the page that I'm on now. Um, and I put a little supplemental link um, behind this link. You can, you can get these links, of course, on our website, CannabisAgenda.com. But there's a supplemental link right after this. So you just don't have to search for this thing. I thought it was so neat. It's a weed strain exchange real-time medical marijuana strain pricing it has the top 300 strains on weedmaps.com and it has um the the number the count um popularity it has these arrows like a up and down how they're trending in popularity it has the kind whether it's uh sativa indica hybrid so forth it has a gram eighth quarter and half ounce pricings and uh potency listings and it's got a it has a ton of uh of strains on here so it's pretty interesting does it stuff a, does it have a link on there for vendor maps too do you see that easily on there mm, i don't see is that is that a pretty good one uh it's i think it's connected with weed maps and it's a it's, oh, it for, vend, it's for vendors so that uh-huh. you can find places to uh redistribute your excess medicine cool hey but you know one thing i noticed on this site and I haven't been that I haven't been able to figure out yet. I haven't really looked at it too in depthly, but there's a there's just a couple strains that have this little like pot leaf behind them, a green pot leaf behind the name, and I don't know why. There's only two on this first page that I see. Um, one of them is blue cheese, and one of them's my favorite, perhaps my favorite strain ever. At least one of them called Super Silver Haze, and they I don't know what that means that they have that little thing. Maybe that's I don't know. It could be Maybe that's their favorites. Out. Could be their in-house strain or their special yeah. or something like that. Did you click? Can you click on the leaf or? Um, no. Let me see. No, I'm not able to really click on the leaf. But I just noticed something that you just pointed out. It just popped up. I clicked on the name Super Silver Haze, and it came up with this cool little pop-up thing that has all these uh, different little tidbits about it. 
it's pretty decent stuff, man. This is a it's a it's an interesting site. I just thought I'd point that out for listeners. It might be worth uh, giving a little check. Cool, a little looky. Mostly about California, or they have Colorado in there too, right? Those are the two states they've got in there now. Um, yeah, it's, well, it says other states, so I, I know that they have uh, Michigan because Kalamazoo map is is featured right on the front page. Um, I'm assuming that just about any place with uh, medical marijuana legislation would probably be um, included in there. So it's pretty interesting. Cool. cool. Check it out, people. Let's, stuff. Know, what you th- uh-huh. let's know what you think about it if you think it's useful. Uh, the big deal Cal- right now. Yeah, California. Well, the big, that's the big deal, right? We're talking about uh-huh. legalizing marijuana. Uh-oh. People better, people better run for the hills. A bunch of crazies are going to be running <laughs> around everywhere smoking pot. Like right. And you know, Prop 19 is enormous, and we're going to keep, keep talking about that as much as we can with pertinent information we think you'll find interesting. But there's a lot more than that going on in California right now. For example, and this is a pretty good uh, little bit of information, the governor has signed in a, a marijuana decriminalization bill, a very significant one at that, SB 1449, of which we have reported in the past on our show, um, sponsored by Senator Mark Leno, uh, Leno from, uh, he's a Democrat from San Francisco. He, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger last Thursday signed this into law, so it is official now. It is law, and it decriminalizes the possession of up to one ounce of marijuana, and for adults, of course. Um, the bill reduces simple possession from a misdemeanor to an infraction, so now you're going to get uh, a hundred, a maximum $100 fine and no possible jail sentence for a simple possession. All right. First Yay. Thing. This is the first state to do that as on a statewide level, um, which is huge, man. That's it's huge. huge. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But you know what? It does not mean that we don't need Prop 19. And a lot of argument, a lot of uh, commentary has, has risen after the signing of this decrim bill that said, there, now you got it. You don't need Prop 19 anymore. That's not true. There's a lot of differences involved with Prop 19. And uh, as we cover it, I think that should become pretty much clear to you. But there's one thing I wanted to ask both you guys uh do, do does this person does the schwarzenegger actually get a ding or does he get a half a ding is he worthy? i don't know. I, I think there could be some i think there could be some this could be a this could be a plot a propaganda yeah. plot right before prop right before the the right before the election i don't know i'm mm-hmm. wondering you're saying there's a bunch of uh a bunch of talk at, right after this. Now Prop 19 is not, not necessary anymore. Hmm. Sure. Well, you know, there's also additional talking about, you know, this is exactly the type of platform we need to launch ourselves right into Prop 19. So this is a perfect thing. Some proponents of this are saying, you know, and obviously I think we all agree that we think this is a great thing. SB 1449 is a great thing Absolutely. in and of itself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's not Prop 19. It doesn't handle a lot of the issues that Prop 19 does. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different issue. It's a separate piece of the of the puzzle here so well um, like last yeah. week bruce weed was asking us are there any other any other products that are out that you can think of that aren't legal that are just simply decriminalized and yeah i i can't think of any i still haven't been mm-hmm. able to think of any so yeah. it's one decriminalization is one step closer to normal but still not quite normal uh it's not routine we're used to legal products we're used to having some form of regulation for for business mm-hmm. and and everything not being this semi this gray market black market sort of thing so um i think that i think that this is a great thing here's my question does it say anything in this about what happens to people that um 
got charged with misdemeanors for pot possession in the past? Um, I don't believe it's it's retroactive. As most laws, as in the case of most laws, um, it's, it's like tough. one day you do a crime that has like life imprisonment, and the next day they change the law. The I guess the the the, the underlying sentiment there is well, sorry, which I know really stinks, but uh, yeah. It, well, it's then just, on on the sh- then people should be trying to get pardoned of those things on Schwarzenegger's way out because. That just sucks, dude. You know, for for such a for such a, 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 I mean, it's not even a crime. It never hurt. It doesn't hurt anyone. So right. that sucks. I mean, I understand that the law was the law, and they broke the law when it was the law. But uh, it was a stupid you know, ass law. So yeah, Pete Geither had a couple things. You know, uh, Pete Geither. He has a, a a couple things to say about this. He said it's just outstanding. Actually, uh, he quoted what Governor uh, Schwarzenegger actually said, and this is a quote from from Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said, "I quote: In this time of drastic budget cuts, prosecutors, defense attorneys, law enforcement, and the courts cannot afford to expend limited resources prosecuting a crime that carries the same punishment as a traffic ticket." That's what he wrote, um, and he still opposes uh, Prop 19. Geither said, that's outstanding. And despite the governor's views on Prop 19, this signature provides great momentum for going on into the voting booth one month from now and finishing the job. With the new bill, you take away the jail time for possession. The next thing to do is to take control of mar- the control of marijuana away from a black market with all of its destructive elements. Word. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Time to move on. Move on to Prop 19. From mm-hmm. from here to there, decriminalized possession and now legalized the whole thing. We're on, we're on track. We're on track. It's got a chance. So. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm. If you had, if you asked, if I had to put a thousand dollars on it today, what was going to happen? I would th- would would gamble on it passing. That's that's how I'm feeling about it. So yeah, big change. Yeah, I think so, dude. Yeah, Matt, you 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 agreed with that too the other yep. day, right, Matt? Yeah. If I yeah. if I was for if I had to put a thousand dollars down, I would vote on it passing. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a better chance of it passing than not. So California's got some poll numbers in. Let's take a look at this. It looks like it's the, the most recent poll has it passing at fifty two percent. Again, that's another one showing it passing. There's been far more showing it passing than it being defeated, and the the uh, gap is in general been much bigger when it's passing than it has when it's failing. Mm-hmm. The gap's pretty small when it is failing. So I'm feeling good yeah. about it from a polling perspective, but what's the other broke. side? Do you know the other side? 52 to what? To 41. 41. Whoa. This is a nine. So there's a lot of, uh, that, that leaves a, uh, that leaves 7% undecided. But like, again, I'm saying that that's a 11 point difference, right? And mm-hmm. most of the time when it's, when, when a poll shows it passing, it's passing by four, over four or five points, typically. Sometimes as high as I think I've seen like 13 points. Um, and then in the ones where it's failing, the highest I've ever seen it failing by is only like by three points. So I think that from a polling perspective, it's trending towards a yes. And that's why my thousand would go down on yes. So nice. Yeah. What we got here? We got a, we got a clip. Looks like we got a clip. Yeah. Shouldn't be a crime, MPP says. It should not yes. be a crime. Uh, the public statement, a uh, uh, public service announcement for Prop 19. Let's uh, take a listen. Yeah, check this out. No. 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 No adult should be punished. Should go to jail. Should lose his home. 
should lose her children, should lose her job, should lose his freedom, for choosing something safer than alcohol. It shouldn't be a crime to choose marijuana instead of alcohol tax and the rate uh, regulate marijuana today. Uh, MPP. What do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, uh, I, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, was it on the uh, TV? Um, yeah, I think they're raising, they're fundraising right now to air it. To air it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I, I, I want to watch it to see, um, it, 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 it didn't sound like an effective radio ad, we, obviously. We, we had the link, uh, we, we have the link in the show notes. I'm, oh, yep. Check I, it out. people. I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not impressed. You don't like no. that one. No, I don't like it. It's just, well, I mean, if you're, you're trying to get people to vote yes on something, you start out, out the ad with no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> and then you got all this scary music. I did not, I was not hip sure. to the ad at all. Uh, maybe so we, you, we you could send now. the wrong impression. Yeah, I think so. And see, and here's where MPP is going right with it is they're finally starting to use Safer's message. You know, yeah. the weed is safer than alcohol. Uh, argument but yeah. in that in that ad they didn't really go into reminding the public about how destructive alcohol can be and then actually comparing marijuana to it they're just claiming just straight up it's safer than than alcohol and you know the funny thing is is even though we know that as activists and as longtime cannabis enthusiasts we, we know that but a lot of people don't know that and aren't just going to buy that simply from them saying it you know Especially so, saying no, 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 no. And you're right. The music was kind of dark. You know, I, I think they should they should follow the the you know the the pharmaceutical model. You know, with the happy, cheerful birds in the background and good music and uplifting <laughs> people. A and... lady in a tub on a cliff smoking a joint, and a man in another tub on a cliff smoking a joint. <laughs> yeah. Marijuana, and then it's much safer like than the alcohol. Guy, the guy at the end, you know, where it gets all quiet, and he goes. May, uh, not for use with, with, uh, well, I don't know, not, not to be used while, while baking cookies or, you know, not to be used if you, if you, use, if you work in an ice cream factory, not to be used, uh, you know, <laughs> with all the risk. I don't know what kind of things they could possibly not come to be up used with, while driving a bus with children. In they it. cause giddiness, laughing, happiness, <laughs> exactly. overall positive mood. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Right. Relaxation. Right. I yeah. think they need to work on that. We I, should talk to them. Everybody should email them and some tell them that ad sucks, <laughs> and they need to fix it before they air it because that ad sucks. Um, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Matt. I was, I think, because you're watching it. You know, it was it was kind of really hard to kind of get um, on the radio. You know, yeah, toughen, toughen. Looks like we've uh, got another clip, don't we? Yeah, um, it's uh, Neil Franken. It'll roll in a sec. I'm Neil Franklin. I'm the executive director for law enforcement against prohibition. And I'm a 34-year law enforcement veteran. And most of that time has been spent in narcotics enforcement. And I'm here today in California in support of Proposition 19, which is the legalization of marijuana. Proposition 19 is the beginning to healing the relationship between police and community. When I grew up in Baltimore, I had great relationships with neighborhood cops. I mean, it it was really a good thing. Today, because of prohibition, our relationship, law enforcement and, and, and kids, the relationship is strained. Law enforcement has occupied these troubled neighborhoods where they have the drug dealing. And we go in to search everyone. 
we search homes, we search cars. Uh, when I talk to young people and, and they say the only reason you come into our neighborhoods is to, to search us for drugs, is to look for drugs. I want that relationship to be healed. I want us cops to be the ones that kids come up to in the streets when they have an issue or a problem, not run in the other direction. I, I just started to see the tentacles to this issue and just how far-reaching they are. We could just solve so much, so much in this country if we decide to turn the corner and to end prohibition. I just wish you could see what I see. Right now, Prop 19 has tremendous momentum, but it's still very important that all of us who support it get out and vote. Amen. Amen. I totally hear that. We can't, you know, just because I'm gambling on yes, show up at the polls, people. It's very important. Hey, that's a a really um, interesting point he was making about strained relationships with with the community. Um, I mean – you know, they call it a war, and it's a war against our own people. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't make anyone comfortable. That's definitely strange relations. Right. You grow up hating the cops, yeah. even though the cops can yeah. and are supposed to help you when you need them. But when it mm-hmm. comes to a nonviolent crime like marijuana use, uh, they, uh, you just grow up hating them because they're always trying to throw you in jail especially in the particular neighborhoods that he's talking about. I mean, he's not talking about going into a a nice suburb and jumping up in some, you know, middle-class white kid's face and saying, you're under arrest for using cannabis. He's talking about the neighborhoods in the urban uh, areas of town, urbanite neighborhoods, and uh, a lot of uh, kind of lower socioeconomic um, areas where the police just constantly go in there. Every single time they go in there, they're going in there to bust stuff up. And, and you know, well, at least that's the citizen's impression. And largely that's their impression because that's all they see constantly. You know, they just go in there to, to arrest people and write tickets and, you know, to them just disrupt their lives and disrupt their communities. And that's, we, I just uh, took a, a pretty uh, in-depth uh, criminal justice class over the summer. And we spent weeks just on that one problem, that one issue of community police relations. So yeah, it's a great thing, man. I love, I love that guy. He's a pretty articulate dude. and I'm glad yeah, he's speaking I, for normal or a leap. I'd rather. I thought that that was a, I thought that was a strong message. Um, it, uh, it, 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 it deals with a lot of the, uh, the, the issues uh, of strained relationships and, um, uh, yeah, I think it's time to turn the corner too, um, guys. We're doing a this, this show is uh, heavily clip based. We've got a lot of clips in the show. We've been do we've done this several times in the past. We still are uh, uh, kind of messing with the format of, of it and everything. But please let us know what you think about the clips. Do you does, you know is it distracting? Is it a good way to get into the talk? Um, let us know what you think. Uh, Email us cannabis uh, info cannabisagenda.com. Looks like there's a, a pot commercial airing in Sacramento. What's this all about? All right, so we talked about this, um, I don't know, a couple weeks back, I think, but um, now we have uh, an interview with the, uh, the, the lady in charge of the dispensary and also um, the person who's opposing it. Oh, very good. Okay. It's on a mission to change the public's perception about the people who smoke marijuana. And it's taking its crusade for patients' rights to the airwaves. I get muscle spasms real bad. I was hit by a truck driver. I'm 11 years and 8th survivor. This bold, fully paid for TV commercial is the first of its kind in the entire country. 
The producer says these are real people who use cannabis to help deal with a variety of serious ailments. You never see a marijuana plant or hear a blatant reference to the drug. And the dispensary's director says that was done on purpose. I'm not looking at getting people high. I'm looking at getting people well. Lynette Davies got involved with medicinal marijuana five years ago. She became an advocate after the medications her teenage daughter took for a rare bone disease were too much for her to handle. I've been a patient of CanCare for five or six years now. Her daughter is the first person who appears in this ad. It was so awful that she dropped on the floor one day and she went into spasms on the floor and she begged me. She was 15 years old and she begged me to let her die. She begged me to let her die. Davies is a conservative Christian and she wants to make her position clear. She does not support Proposition 19, which would legalize marijuana. She wants the state to have strict rules and regulations on the use of what she says God's nature has created. Not everyone is buying that religious sales pitch. Randy Thomason is with MarijuanaHarmsFamilies.com. What's next? Medical cocaine? Medical heroin? Thomason says a survey in San Diego found 98% of people who oh, said yeah, they use pot it. for medicinal purposes just wanted to get stoned. And he says and research has proven it's totally. a gateway mm -hmm. drug to cocaine and meth. He says no matter how you push it, marijuana is extremely harmful. And this ad is purely dangerous propaganda. This is going to harm people if they get used to it. And this ad, sadly, is mainstreaming pot. It's not good and it shouldn't be run. Our station is the first TV station to air it. And the interim general manager defends it. He says in part, under careful supervision of a physician, people have said they benefited from the appropriately prescribed dosage of medicinal marijuana. And he also says... The Canicare ad is no different than this one. These things are for real. So is Excedrin migraine. And what we're trying to do is not, not, be, not have these patients be ashamed or be ridiculed or feel humiliated because they're already going through so much. We just want them to know that if this herb helps them, we're here to help you. Hmm. Wow. That's intense. No different. It's no different except for uh, the fact that cannabis won't cause gastrointestinal problems. An event is what they call it in medical terms, a gastrointestinal event, which means your gut is bleeding and you have to go to the hospital. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, a little, I'm a little torn on this whole I'm a little torn on this whole thing here. Um, you know, uh, has an interesting message uh, from the beginning, sad, but true, and that cannabis can help you medicinally. Uh, but then it turns to the only in strict forms for people that are like, you know, basically right. dying. Um, uh, and um, I, I just, you know, I, I believe it to be more therapeutic than that for many more common ailments. And then that joker, this is, it's harmful. And for it to become, for it to be mainstream, mm -hmm. pot is mainstream. Get over it. Get used to it. Yep. It's been like that. It's, it's mainstream. It's just, uh, it's just, you know, you can pretend like it's not, but it is. Um, and then the, the whole, is we going to have legal heroin, legal cocaine? Good point, Matt. We do. Too late. We have, I already do. 
We already do. We have Oxycontin. We have tons of different. We have straight up morphine, Demerol. I can name about. I can name about four different legal morphines that I've been injected with during serious uh, uh, injuries in the hospital. And I've known people who are who are totally, you know, uh, they have to medicate with morphine, which is what heroin is, all the time. Uh, and then as far as cocaine goes, when I was a teenager, my parents had me uh, prescribed ADD medicine, and I took uh, this stuff called Dexedrine. I swear it's stronger than cocaine. Um, wow. and longer and, and they prescribe me like four times as much as I should have even been experimenting with taking. And I mean, it's, 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 it's legal cocaine, legal medical cocaine. Um, mm -hmm. so to just, you know, to just even go there is crazy. Uh, and, and yeah. we're talking about two, all different, we're talking about, we're talking about cannabis. We're not talking about legalizing heroin or, or cocaine. We're talking about cannabis specifically here on this show. And, um, you know, uh, I, man, I don't know. Just got a lot of mixed emotions from that clip. I don't know how you feel, Jimmy. What are you thinking? You know, I totally liked it, except it was, it was, it did find, uh, strike me rather odd that she said it's, it's God's nature that needs to be extremely highly, uh, restricted and controlled. <laughs> that doesn't make very much sense to me. It's like, wait a minute. I was refreshed. I heard her go, it's God's nature. And I was like, yeah. Exactly, you know that needs to be highly uh, restricted and controlled. What? If you look in subsection <laughs> B, Article Five of the Bible, it says right here: must be tightly regulated. And <laughs> you, know, like, um, you know, we, yeah. we uh, might do a feature uh, in a future show, not too long from now, actually, about uh, cannabis uh, can and cannabis in the Old Testament. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about its connection with uh, religion in the future. Yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 uh, we'll catch up with some THC ministry stuff too. What's going on with that case? Hopefully, here soon and sometime in the future as well. Uh, oh, speaking of case, yeah, down in San yeah. Diego, you know, uh, District oh. Attorney Bonnie Dumanis. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to Such say. Such a that. delightful I, lady, isn't she? I ate not too long ago, so it's difficult for me to say her name. Uh, too much, but uh, if you don't know who Bonnie Dumanis is, uh, she is the anti-medical marijuana uh, district attorney for San Diego, um, and she uh, has been tr she's been kind of on a witch hunt. She's trying to convict a San Diego uh, medical marijuana dispensary operator. His name is Javon Jackson um, on distribution charges, and she's failed uh, up till recently. But just uh, um, I believe it was. Just last week, on, on last Tuesday, um, she convinced a trial judge not to allow Jackson to mention mer medical marijuana in his defense, and subsequently, a state court jury found him guilty of three counts of marijuana possession and distribution. Of course, they've announced that they will appeal it, but can you imagine? I mean, that's, uh, that's why we have the truth and trials um, type legislation or, you know, pending and, and hoping to try to get a vote. Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, how can you be involved with something? I mean, in a court that deals with the facts, strictly the facts. Let's keep emotion outside of the courtroom. This is strictly the facts, strictly justice. Okay, great. Now, don't tell them anything that's factually pertinent to what this guy was doing. How does that justify it? What was he doing? What was he? Do what, what? What? What is the difference between what they claim he was doing and what he was doing? 
Well, it's the same thing you get at a lot of these. I mean, I'm sure that there's some people that are probably trying to, you know, use uh, medical marijuana as a guise. But, you know, that does exist. So we can't say that's not it at all. That has nothing to do with anything. But what is that, like a fraction of a little percent of the people that are involved with this, with with medical cannabis? I mean, it, it, it's up to their their discretion, you know. And you know that the 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 starting point here is that she has an anti-medical marijuana stance to begin with. So she's going in under the premise that medical marijuana in general as a whole is a sham. It do, it's not real. It doesn't exist. And anybody that's involved in her, in her uh, mindset is, is, a, a, a distrib- is, is involved with illegal distribution of, of illicit substances. I agree. I, that's totally the vibe she comes off with, and which is yeah. crazy. She's down in San Diego where they, I mean, the border is, and uh, that's the, where it all starts to trickle in right there. The real crime related to cannabis is right there, starting right there in San Diego. And right. uh, there's somewhat of a regulated uh, system in California now, although it's a little bit gray, but yeah, she comes at it with that sort of attitude, like this isn't the like this whole like this whole 215 nonsense. I don't even care that it's a constitutional amendment in the state of California. It's bogus. It's illegal. Right. They're drug lords. Throw them all in jail. Uh, I hope your stomach's not turning anymore, but <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's really crazy. Um, it's it's really kind of uh, part of a culture in San Diego. That that has a um, well, actually, um, Hermes. What's his name? Chris Hermes. He's the spokesman for the uh, the San Diego uh, Americans ASA Americans for Safe Safe Access chapter down there, and and he said, to be fair, as aggressive and mean spirited as Dumanis has been, she is part of a culture in San Diego that has a sordid history of hostility around these issues, and that's that's true. Well, you remember they tried to get it repealed. They tried to say that try to get uh, Proposition 215 <laughs> repealed and say that it wasn't it wasn't legal and it shouldn't exist. Um, obviously, that didn't work out very well for him. But that just right. you know it's a it's a it's a clue to the mindset of the uh, at least a lot of the city officials involved in uh, in the San Diego area. God, I feel so bad for people down there that need medical cannabis, you know, and they have to dodge Gestapo people like this. It's nuts. When these people are up for election. We as a group of activists need to do to better stand than up. calling them out on their, their marijuana stance and just let everyone know that, hey, this is a pot prohibitionist. They mm-hmm. are going to do everything in their power to focus a lot of time, money, and effort on, on prohibition politics. And yep. do you really hurting want people? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you really want? I mean, I, sometimes I feel like we, you know, I, I guess they slide under the radar because it's rarely even a, a – you know, rarely even any sort of uh, wedge issue or anything. But in California, it's becoming more of a wedge issue, more of something that people want to talk about. So, um, you know, when this lady's up for re-election, it's time to bring her down from that scale because there's a bunch of people in, in San Diego that don't want someone that's going to – that's so such a set prohibitionist mind, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully we can – Move along, and and we've got some maybe some comedy relief here in a clip. Geraldo says even B actors want marijuana legalized. We got that clip. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> here we go. All right. 
dollars could be raised in California annually if marijuana were taxed in a manner similar to alcohol. If this initiative passes, you will see an increase in use by I minors, and you will see an increase in highway fatalities. I wonder if that is true. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how anybody would know. After trailing behind, though, for most of the summer, California's revolutionary Proposition 19, which the gentleman we're just talking about, that's the statewide initiative in the Golden State that would legalize the use of small quantities of marijuana by adults for any reason whatsoever, is apparently gaining traction among likely voters. According to a new survey from public policy polling, support for the measure is now running 52% to 36%. These are it was the flip of that a month ago. But wait a second, bearing in mind what's happening in Arizona with this immigration business, doesn't federal law trump state law? And since, hmm. uh, since it's still a federal crime, hmm. won't users of marijuana still be subject to federal prosecution? Yes, theoretically, but not according to the signals issuing from the White House, where, for example, patients in veterans' hospitals are now able to smoke dope in the 14 states where medical marijuana is already legal, which brings brings me to the point. Reefer madness, ladies and gentlemen, is fast becoming as obsolete as alcohol prohibition. But is that a good thing? Depends on who you ask, of course. But you recognize Eric Braden, longtime star of The Young and the Restless. Eric joins us tonight from, uh, from Los Angeles. Thanks, mate. Nice to see you. Uh, so where do you stand on this controversial proposition? Legalize the damn thing, Geraldo. <laughs> and tell me why you say and, that, Eric. And, and 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 get some taxes we badly need taxes when you go to amsterdam for example you go to where the stoners hang out in amsterdam you almost never see a fight break out if you go to the bars in england or scotland or germany fights break out all the time in other words alcohol induces violent behavior i've never known a stoner or a pothead to want to start a fight or go to a bank and say, uh, give me your money, I got the munchies. But, uh, Eric, what about what, the, uh, what uh -huh. I know Kimberly Guilfoyle's here and, and many others, uh, you know, not quite a majority, but many others uh, uh, in California and elsewhere who believe it will lead to an increase in use among youngsters. Uh, you know, if you could steal your dad's scotch, you could steal your dad's pot, that it will lead to highway fatalities and all the other sad side effects of any kind of intoxication. To be honest with you, uh, what is preventing them from getting it now? In other words, the, the, the ubiquity of pot in California or anywhere in America is extraordinary. Well, we have 60 I agree with million, that. Let, listen to this. We have 60 million people come into the United States every year on 675,000 airplanes. We have 317 million people across the borders from Canada and Mexico every year. 115 million vehicles cross the borders on both sides. How the hell are we going to stop the traffic of pot coming in and out of uh, America? We should tax the bloody thing. We need the revenue badly. We have to subject it to rigid studies, as far as I'm concerned. Some of them have already been conducted. They have found very little deleterious about pot. And if, for example, someone is found driving a car under the influence, you treat him as you would treat someone under the influence of alcohol. Very well simple. said, Eric Braden. Thank you very much. Woo. Eric Braden. I like that guy. He's cool. Tax the dirty little thing already. <laughs> the, bloody, the damn thing. The bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs>
Stoners are potheads. <laughs> that's like that's like I wish my I wish my grandpa would would come get get down on some of that viewpoint there. That, that's like the spokesman for Senior Stoners of America or something right there of wherever yeah. he's he's from. Um, good insight. Uh, he has a good point. You know, he threw a lot yeah. of numbers out there all at once. But hey, that's that's kind of. You know, that's the amount of people that are coming in and out. I mean, how are you possibly going to police that much, uh, you know, trafficking in, in and out of our country? And 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 not, I mean, and not even with the, the tra- trafficking issue. Like, we want to grow our own, dudes. We want to yeah. have our own product made in America. What's the damn problem <laughs> with that? This drug war, like, stops that from happening as much. And uh, we want made in the USA. I mean, we may import some weed, too. We import alcohol. But, uh, dude, why can't we have our own marijuana economy here in the United States? Hey, Geraldo brought up an interesting thing we've been talking about over the last uh, uh, couple of weeks. Um, we mentioned it, and we all kind of seemed confused about why this hasn't happened. So in Arizona, they passed that immigration bill. What that bill basically said was if you were brown, we could ask you for your ID, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we suspect you're Hispanic – we can force you to show us documentation proving you're a citizen whenever we want. Isn't that what basically what that bill said? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So the federal government then sued Arizona saying that's a constitutional issue. That's an illegal search and seizure, which are illegal mm-hmm. search or whatever. It's a constitutional issue, and you cannot do that, and they won. And then we were asking, well, why hasn't the government – sued California or any of the medical marijuana states for this, or will they be able to sue us when we legalize pot? And, and, and from, from my understanding of it is they will not be able to do it through the same process that they just did, used with Arizona because mm-hmm. it's not a constitutional issue because there isn't anything directly in the constitution, in the federal constitution that's broken, like anything that's by us do, exercising our rights to have our own laws in our own states. So it's 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 not the same issue that that was. Um, it's it's different, and the they will try to fight it, and they will try to take it to court. But it'll be a different sort of process. It won't be as as quick as what happened in in uh, Arizona, I don't think. Um, but uh, there's definitely going to be some fallout. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I have to look delve into the Article One, Section Eight of the um, Constitution. That's the powers of Congress. That's where they're all uh, all the powers of Congress are enumerated in there. And see, I've uh, I looked through it not too long ago, and I don't recall. I don't believe I found anything that seems like a possibility. I have heard some people out of Washington say that um, there'll be. Uh, they mentioned the supremacy clause. The um, some people uh, the necessary and proper. Um, I heard those words mentioned before. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I'll look into some constitutional law, and I'm no expert on this, but maybe we can get an expert. That's a good idea, and uh, sure. we can uh, discuss this a little further about the the constitutionality of this uh, Prop 19 and what's potentially um, doable by the government um, after this passes. Good yeah, point. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fallout, and we will uh, we will um, get to that. If anyone knows of anyone that could speak on these constitutional issues, please let us know. We'd love to uh, hear from them. Um, mm-hmm. Shoot us an email, info at canvasagenda.com. 
All right, all right. So uh, it's uh, we're about to do a new segment here. We've done grow um, tips in the past, but uh, now what we're trying to do is uh, actually have callers uh, call in with their questions. You can email in, of course, too. Um, you can, uh, but we're going to try and do some little short interviews with some uh, some growers uh, around the world, around the country, and um, answer their questions on the air. We're going to try to get Harry Hood on the line right now. Do we have him on the line, Matt? Yeah, yes, Harry. Yes, you do. Nice. Harry, what's up, buddy? How are you doing there, guys? How are you good. guys? I'm all right. I'm all right. Good, good, good. Harry Hood is a um, newbie grower in an undisclosed state somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah, an undisclosed state. That's correct. Hi. <laughs> yeah, there's more more uh, problems from the drug war there, obviously. So, Harry, what, uh, yes, what can sir. we help with, man? You got a bunch of questions. Um, yeah, I got a bunch of questions. You know, I'm just I'm starting my thing, and uh, you know, as a as a newbie, and not having you know too many people around doing what I'm doing, um, I just need a little guidance. You know, sure. Mm-hmm. And just you know, starting with the with the basics. I mean, um, you know, as far as soil goes, okay. um, what is what what am I looking for when I'm looking for a good soil? Well, I'm doing everything in dirt, obviously. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so, way to start, for sure. Definitely the most you know, forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what kind of stores do you have anywhere near you? Or you? Um, we do have. I have several hydroponic stores and grow, brew and grow shops um, that are local. So I've got I got okay. stuff you know available to me here. I just I'm just you know not comfortable going in there and talking to people I don't know. Sure, I got gotcha. you. Um, yeah. So Matt, you've got some. We've got some opinions on dirt. We, I've tried the gamut as far as dirt goes. I've tried just regular dirt. Uh, most of the dirt you're going to have is going to be like just what they would call regular potting soil is going to be uh, mostly um, not choir. It's uh, uh, well, you can have a cocoa based uh, uh, soil or you can have a um, peat based soil. And I'd imagine that you're going to find a lot of peat out there. Um, you can have a mix of the two. There's going to be things uh-huh. like perlite and vermiculite mixed in yeah, it. Summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that stuff. What that's so for that's... is for drainage and for aeration. Um, it's like volcanic rock that uh, right. basically makes it more uh, airy and makes it dry out more, makes the water flow through it better, makes air flow up and down through it better. Um, pretty much most of the dirt, the, the regular dirt you're going to find are going to have some amount of perlite in it. And then it's going to be up to you to kind of check out the consistency of it and see if it was, if it had enough for you, or if, you know, after testing it for a little bit, if you think it drained too fast, too, if it dried out too fast, too slow, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. what do you think, Matt? What do you think about, uh, the differences between peat and cocoa? I know you like cocoa, right? I, I do like cocoa. Um, I, I think peat's more prevalent. Um, cocoa is kind of, uh, on the rise though. It's becoming more popular. Um, I've used it for a while and I guess I use it just because that's what I've always used. Um, I've heard that peat or that cocoa is more environmentally friendly than peat. I don't know if that's true or not, but because of the way that peat is harvested, um, right out of the forest, basically. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I think they, I think they dredge bogs a lot of the times. Oh, okay. Um, to get okay. it. Anyway, um, yeah, man, I've just been happy with the with the cocoa blend. Uh, okay. But to each his own. And I can and I can usually find that at at my local my local stores, right? Yeah, they uh, they might have it at a you know a nursery, but um, I would I would check with your local grow shop. Okay. 
Well, this is this is the reason I'm asking. Um, reason I'm asking is that we were using a or an organic blend, um, something that was recommended to us, and um, we ran out of that. And my buddy happened to go out and purchase he purchased a bag of Miracle Grow. Yeah. Right. So now, so now he used this Miracle Grow, and now we got bugs. Yeah. Um, could could or could not be from the Miracle Grow. Um. Not a lot of dirt is pasteurized anymore. Uh, so. That's exactly what he said. He said it's not pasteurized. But, I mean, and most so- dirts aren't. Like, the only thing I even know that is anymore is ProMix, which you can find there, but it retains water like crazy, and it's a right. hard one to learn how to water. Um, so uh, I think you're going to, I think, you you know, you're going to run into that issue with different things and uh, with different types of dirt, and the only way to kind of tell which ones are worse or to take the advice of people that have tried different batches and stuff and to, to, to kind of learn on your own. Unfortunately, you learn a lot about growing through the mistakes you make. And, exactly. Um, exactly. I'm finding that, I'm finding that out as I go. Yeah. And, and, and you really, um, I, I mean, I would recommend going with dirt from the grow store, uh, and just, just tell them you want, uh, uh, you know, really, really where you're at, it probably doesn't matter if it's peat-based or cocoa-based. You just need a soil that has uh, some decent organic material in it, um, meaning it has some nutritional value. Or you could, like, Matt, Matt I know you don't, you don't have any nutritional value much in, in your dirt. No, uh, but so, I, I, do, right. I do amend with worm castings. You do. Okay, so you throw, that's, that's not adding nitrogen to it. Um, yeah. And, uh and uh, so he has a little organic matter in his, um, but basically what you're really concerned with is drainage um, and, uh, you know, um, something that's, that's got a good consistency to it that when you water it, you feel like it, it, it dries out. It holds enough water for you, meaning you don't have to water it too often, and, it, it, uh-huh. and, it doesn't, it, and, and then it doesn't dr- – uh, that it um, – you you know like it does drain um so you don't have to water it often or so that it doesn't drain so that you rarely have to water it like i was mentioning that pro mix i've you know i've seen people go like weeks without watering that stuff when they first when they first throw plants in it and you, you definitely want your plants to dry out faster because you want to feed them um yeah that's that's uh you know that's one of one of the things that uh that, that i like uh is something that dries out in in like two to four days so uh well, that's so what you're will, looking for you're looking for something to, okay all right yeah something right. that you're gonna have to water like every every other day or every third day would be ideal okay. um okay like two water two waterings a week um would uh-huh. be a good good sort of thing you know and and it, it and when you first put plants in you can't judge it from like right when you first put a plant in there because it's obviously right. got a smaller root base and it's going to take it a little bit longer to dry out the first first few waterings so right but, uh, exactly. once it gets into the groove and you know that it's growing at a at a at a good pace and it's really taken off you you want it to you want it to dry out at at, at a con- somewhat consistent sort of rate so okay. so yeah uh, just go to your store, and, and you, sh- you should find something that would work at the hydro store. But I, I would I would probably stay away from Miracle Grow uh, in the future. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're going to. I mean, it, it, well, the reason I'm asking too is because after that, you know, we put the bag aside, and uh, we went and opened the bag several days later, and the bag was infested with bugs inside really? the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah bugs are uh, bugs are crap, man. You're gonna. <laughs> I know. So now I got so now I got this issue. Um, I did some research on what I got, and they're not actually—they're like fruit bugs. Yeah, fungus gnats, probably. They're flying around in your room, and you see them yeah, on the top of not, the dirt. 
they're not, they're in the dirt. Yeah, they're not necessarily on the leaves or on the on the stalk of the plant. They're just in the dirt. Yeah, they're 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 fungus gnats. And are they flying around the room too? Um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like if you shake it, yeah, they'll they'll come out. You should. Uh, okay, so you're not seeing them on the leaves. You're seeing them down in the soil. What they're doing is they're laying soil. their they're laying their eggs down there. Um, yeah. And I mean, just from off, it, it could be some sort of winged root aphid or something. But my guess would be it's a fungus gnat. And fungus gnats, uh, typically, what they do is um, they they lay their eggs in the soil, and then a pupus is born. And while it's in its larva state, it feeds on your roots. So they grow and they attach to your roots and they kill your roots. So Ooh, that's that's, that's what they're affecting is your um, your roots there. Uh, one thing you could try is a water with uh, you could water with Safer's insecticidal soap. Um, uh-huh. You could go with that, or you could find uh, the stuff called. I mean, what, uh, what, what about the pH? Isn't shouldn't I just balance the pH in the water, and that should that should take care of it? Uh, that's not going to do anything for those bugs. It's not going to do anything to the to the bugs in your soil. No, I mean perhaps if you went with some crazy pH change, it could kill them off, but that would potentially kill your plant off too. Yeah, so, yeah, right, right. Uh, um, so no, you're going to want some sort of insecticide. Well, one thing you definitely want is you want to put up yellow sticky traps because those things are flying bugs and the adults will fly. They're attracted to yellow sticky traps and the adults gotcha, will then gotcha. fly into them and stick to them and die. So and they cannot yeah. lay more eggs so that you right. want to put And I always, I always go overkill on sticky traps whenever I have any sort of flying flying bug I, I i throw in lots of sticky traps um okay and i um and i put some at the i put some down around the pot base and i put some mm-hmm. up above the canopy and, and you'll catch a lot of them that way but you definitely would it, it since where the damage that's being done to your plant is in the root base it, it, you want to try to kill the, them in their larval state if possible too uh, and the mm-hmm. one, the, the things that I've used in the past is uh, Safer's uh, insecticidal soap. I can't remember what the dilution rate is to it. It's like 2.5 ounces per gallon of water or something like that. So it's a decent amount of it that you have to use. Um, and uh, and then the other thing I've used um, is what's that? What, what's that other uh, fungus? Uh, uh, natural, which is I believe it's yeah. a, a it's a, a a bacteria called Bacillus thuringiensis. And um, that's what's the active ingredient in natural, and um, you can uh, you can water with that, and um, you just you do it for a couple weeks, and it's a natural product. It's kind of nasty though. You don't want to touch it with your hands. It'll make your reservoir, the water, look real mucky and murk, uh, muddy, but uh, okay. it, it works fairly good. And another option, if you don't have that in your area, which you guys may not, are these things called mosquito dunks. And you can find these probably anywhere. I imagine you can find them at your local shop because people use them to, to fight off mosquitoes. And I know mosquitoes are an issue there in the Midwest. So um, they're probably around. And you can dunk these in your reservoir, and it does have Bacillus thuringiensis in it. So it will um, it will release that. And um, I believe that's the name of the, of the bacteria. Um, yeah, that's And right. it will release that. And then you can water um you can water with that too, and it has a similar effect as the natural. But if you can find the natural, I would just uh, I would go with that. Um, and I've had success with the safer soap too. But gotta nail the sticky traps. That's just you know. And uh, you will you probably more than likely this grow you will not get rid of them all. They will be there. They'll still kind of hang yeah. around. And it's a yeah. constant battle for a lot of growers and especially people that use soil. 
Um, because right. like you're saying, none of the soils nowadays are pasteurized and uh, they're not cleaned. So um, right. they're not sterile and bugs come in the dirt. So right. Right. Best of luck with okay. those little bastards. They're annoying. Yeah, I know. I know they are. We're 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 working working out the kinks. So my my next question was on on lighting. Um, okay, I'm I'm using T5s right now, and and I was from another friend was recommending that I change to metal halides. For vegetative. Yeah, for my veg. So what okay. what's the What's the pros and cons to, you know, um, over to... T- T5s, T5s are good spectrum for your plant. It's just not a lot of, it doesn't provide the lumens per uh, square foot that, that, uh, that uh, a, a high-intensity light would. So right. it depends on your timing and how fast you're wanting to veg and how much electricity you're wanting to use. Are you vegging in small pots, big pots? Um, I'm doing. Um, I'm. Oh, I start off small, and then I'm. Mm-hmm. I go to uh, three gallons. I, I mean, I've what I've done in the past is I veg, and when I start in those small three and a half inch pots, I veg under the T5s because you're not trying yeah. to get them to grow super fast in that state anyway. Right. So right, you'd be right. wasting, you know, potentially wasting power. If you needed to speed up the process, you could go with a with a with a metal halide. Uh, the reason they're uh-huh. talking about metal halides is because it has slightly more of a blue spectrum than a uh-huh. high sodium does. High pressure sodium, which is what you use for flour, the high pressure sodium has more of a red yeah. spectrum, which uh, right. people believe the red spectrum is better for flowering. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of debate, and I know a lot of people who throw in a, a metal halide here and there, even in flowering. But as long as you're oh, wow. trying to, is you know, if you're using those little pots, you're probably fine with a T5. When you move to your three-gallon pots, are you vegging those still under T5s at that point? Yeah. Yeah? Well, here's yeah. the deal. Yeah. They're blue spectrums, so you're going to get similar uh, space between the nodes from them. Um, okay. either Either of those, it's just a matter of how, if you need want to speed up your process. If you want to speed the process up, you could use you could definitely try and use a metal halide, but if you've got okay. a system that's working under your under your um, fluorescence, mm-hmm. you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, okay. you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Either but either way, you know, it's up to you. It's a matter of right. uh, matter of efficiency and how you see it. it. It's like well, which way? And then you kind of like I was just kind of just like concluding that the the T5 is is more efficient. Well, you're using less watts for a longer period of time. So which one really is more efficient? You know, it's kind of a, right. it's kind of a personal choice. But if you've already got the T5s right now and you're yeah. just starting yeah. out, stick with those. You don't need to make the investment would be my, my advice. Right. Okay. Cool. Appreciate awesome. that one. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, you've mentioned something about, about nodes. Um, now, there's a couple different techniques I know that, you know, when you're when you're in your veg state and growing up your plant, you know, and people have told me, you know, you want to get the plant bushy, so you want to pick and prune and get that thing like a bush. And some other people are telling me that you don't want that. You want to keep it. You want to keep it so that you have maybe five or six, say, heady stalks that are going to produce, you know your your heady nuggets and everything else mm-hmm. is just 
basically there's, waste. Well, like, like there's energy. Sure, there's a lot of different factors that go into that, though. It's not a simple sort of thing to answer. It's, here's one thing let's get into to start out. Um, you're obviously in an undisclosed Midwestern state, right, Harry? That's right. And you probably don't want to have too many plants, right? That's correct. Okay. So with that being known, the, the keeping your plants really small, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to get into how many, you know, how many plants you're doing per, are you using, when you flower, are you using 1,000-watt bulbs, 600s, 400s? What I'm are you using? Six, six, 600, actually, two 600s. And, okay. I, and I think I'm, I think I'm, I don't even need that much because right now I'm only doing 10. 10 plants? Yeah. Okay. Um, 10 plants total under 600. Uh, it, it, you could keep those pretty small, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd keep those pretty small, wouldn't you, Matt? Um, yeah. So what, maybe like a square foot and a half per plant or so, or right. a little less. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, you know, that you'd probably, you'd want to top it maybe once or twice. It I would, think that's a one topper probably. It would, it would uh, depend on the, on the strain. That's true too. See, that was another factor that we, I was going to get into there. If you have a sativa, something that gets real stretchy and big, or if it just wants to stay small, um, uh-huh. those you know, like an indica wants to stay smaller, and its nodal spa- internodal space is much smaller than a sativa, mm-hmm. more of a sativa-based uh, plant, which is going to get real lanky and stretch real big. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 10 sativa plants under a 600, maybe too, if they're stretchy, maybe too many plants for a 600, in my opinion, um, unless you're just flipping them like right away, basically when right. they're really small, because they're going to still stretch a decent amount. They're gonna, but, yeah, they're going to stretch about another 30, 20 to 30%, right? Uh, it depends on the, it's a, there's no, there's no, um, all types are different. All the, uh, you know, they're all different. Yeah. It just, it's just in general that a sativa is going to stretch more than an indica. That's mm-hmm. just in general. But this sativa versus that sativa, they could stretch a little differently. And then you have things like, like how big the leaves are. I mean, pruning, pruning is an art. It takes a long time to kind of figure it out. You want to, what kind of strain are you working with right now? We're, we're working with uh, blueberry right now. Blueberry, okay. Uh, wow. I believe blueberry stays pretty small and compact. It's actually kind of like a medium-sized plant. So um, sure. with 10, 10 plants, there's a potential that you could you could go uh, what we call Christmas tree or Christmas tree style, where you don't top it at all. You you understand what topping is, right? Where you pinch back. Yeah, up, yeah. You know? Exactly. Right. Um, you, you been do, pinch- we've been doing that. We've been doing that actually quite a bit. And how? Uh, what's quite a bit? Are you doing it like more than once? Oh yeah, I've been yeah I've been doing it more than once. Um, we do it um, right when they start to right when they start to grow. Um, we 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 just take off the top right away, and then okay. and then as they start to get start to get bushy as they start to grow up, we just keep I just keep cutting them because I don't want them to get that big. Sure. I want them to uh, stay I want them to stay kind of small. Okay. And then. And then once I got once I got the bush, you know, then you know, okay, the ones that are in right now, I I, I can honestly look and count on one plant: one, two, three, four, five, six. You can see these nice, thick, top heady, right? Everything underneath is just really scraggly. It's really not getting light, and it's not really going to grow much. No, so you can so, pull all that off. You can you can pull all that off. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I was. So that's that's what I should do, right? 
Yeah. That's kind of my, that's all my that, question. All that underbrush, yeah, because it'll end up just so being lar- what we call LARF. I don't even know what, why we call it LARF. But, uh, LARF. Well, I've never heard that term before. Um, yeah, that's what we call it. And, um, yeah, so you probably want to pull most of that underbrush that's not getting light out. And that's where I'm talking about pruning. It's an art for you. You'll find out, especially if you stick with the same genetics, you'll find out huh. over time, oh, this time the quality was better because I – you know, took off the the right amount, but the quantity was down because I took off too much for quantity. Or um, right. so it it, it yeah, does yeah. It, it does take a little bit of uh, of experimenting with it to uh, right. kind of figure it out. And um, I I mean I don't know though if you you know um, how long are you how long are you vegging those plants? Um, we're vegging for. Well, I'd have to look at the calendar. Um. I couldn't even tell you offhand. Okay. It's actually done at a at a buddy's house, and he writes everything down on the calendar. I don't okay. have to look at the calendar. I mean, so as as a blueberry strain, how long should I veg? Mm, I don't know. It just depends on which method you're wanting to go with. If uh, if you are uh, wanting to just do ten plants under six hundred watts, then uh, you I probably got two, I got two six hundred watts. So okay, so. Flowering ten plants under two six hundred watts. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty. Yeah. You you're probably getting them close to the right size. Then you do. I would say you'd want to top them several times uh, okay. to get them big enough. Because what you're doing when you're topping them is you're kind of taking away their height and making them bush out more, which covers more square footage. And you're trying mm-hmm. to have a, a more full canopy underneath the whole thing. If you flip them too early, they'll grow more up and you won't fill in all of your space and you'll, you'll have like holes in your canopy. So, um, it's, uh, it's, I've grown blueberry before. And, uh, if I remember it correctly, they were medium sized plants for me. Meaning when I, uh, when I, uh, flowered them, um, they were ended up being about two to two and a half feet tall, probably. Um, which is, I'd say medium sized. Wouldn't you say that's yeah, medium about- sized, Matt? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh huh. For yeah. especially for a, like a blueberry, you know, a, a cross indica sativa. Yeah, and I think. And I what, right. what, um, Harry? What's what size pots did you say you're using again? I'm I'm using three gallons. Yeah, I think that's yeah. about right. And you, you could probably go to a five gallon. Um, yeah. I think that. Did you I could go, go to a five gallon? Given if you're only doing ten. Yeah, if, if you're, you're only, only doing, doing that 10. number. Yeah, I think you could go to five gallons for 10 because then you get a little bit more root space because you do need to veg them out a little bit longer probably um, okay. if you're only doing 10 under 1,200. Because if I was doing yeah. 1,200 um, with blueberries, I would probably do somewhere between 16 and 20 and uh, wouldn't uh, top them as many times as you. But that's because I live in a state where I don't have to worry about numbers and all that crap. you know. So that's something that right, you're dealing right. with that is, that is different than we have to worry about out here. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that's a good recommendation, Matt. Five gallons—that's that's probably okay. a good call. And uh, you know, keep, keep topping them because you're trying to get them get them wide. Yeah. So I right, think. Right. Um, I, I, but I, my guess would be that they need to be topped like two or three times, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you want For- you don't want to put them into flower too close to when you topped them last. You definitely want to give them. I would say at least a week, if not like. Two 10 weeks? days, two weeks, if yeah. you can, if you can afford that time. Before you can flip them to flower because there's a hormonal, uh, hormones uh, change when you, when you take off the auxiliary tip, which is the main tip. And um, there's a lot of debate. Uh, Jorge Cervantes says you need to wait four weeks 
to um, to flip it to flour. Ed Rosenthal says it's more around two, but there's really no rule because different strains react differently. So there's different opinions on it, but what I do is just look at it and I top it and I look at it and then I'm like, okay, it's not growing yet. It's not growing yet. Okay. Now it's starting to grow. And then like once it's really started to grow and you're like, now it's, now it's two branches. Definitely. That's when I flip it. And, uh, like I, you know, like OG Kush, it's so stretchy. You can top it and then you could literally flower it like five days, four or five days later because they're going to be branches. But, um, like a purple strain, you top it, and and you need to wait a while before you flip it to flower, in my opinion. So, and it's just a it's just a much more slow vegging indica. But uh, you kind of go ahead. What's, I was gonna say you kind of have a mid range plant there. I imagine that yeah. you, you you like seven to seven to ten days, you could probably flip it to flower after your last top. So. I was just going to say one other thing about the five-gallon buckets is when you transplant into those, especially uh, if you're transplanting smaller plants, um, be careful about overwatering. You can just you can get away with a small amount of water at first until the roots are established uh, before you go soaking that whole five gallons worth of soil. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Or or you can soak it and just let it dry. As long as you're patient enough to let it completely completely dry. Yeah, I mean, I do that. That's what I do because I don't like getting air pockets in the dirt, and I feel like soaking it from the beginning is the best way to prevent that. But I've done it both ways and had success. So it's you your go. choice. If if you can't have the, the patience to let it dry out, start with smaller amounts of water when you first transplant. Ask ask 100 gardeners, and you'll get 100 answers. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Everybody's got this game. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, it's not, like you said, you know, everybody's got their technique, and I'm trying to figure out uh, trying to figure out mine. Sure. And anyone, I mean, really, and I would I would uh, question anyone that tries to pretend like there's one way to do things. I've I've gotten some really bad advice even here in Humboldt County from that. So, yeah. um, you know, you know, another good way would be yeah. to, you know, one thing we've had the luck of this place is it's kind of like weed college. We get to talk with so many people that are more able yeah. to be more open about uh, how things work. So you can, and you can see a lot different, you know, plethora of different types of growing, different strains, right. et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot harder there. And, and um, you know, we've we, we got to take that into consideration. You, you don't have the community around you. And, no, we don't. Definitely don't. Side is liberal. Yeah, so um, more power to you for, uh, for 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 getting involved, though. You know, it'll it'll make the quality of your life better. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What we're trying. I mean, I think we're we're uh, definitely in the running for one of the next states to 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 become legal. I mean, Michigan, you know, is right up. We're connected to Michigan, you know, and yeah. um, it's it's legal there. Yeah, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa. All discussing it. I, I, I mean, it's all being discussed in all those areas. Um, uh, my home state's still not talking about it. The, the, the bluegrass state still isn't talking about it. But uh, it's it's spreading. It's spreading. Mm-hmm. We uh, we update on we, we we do a lot of frequent updates on uh, on uh, medical potential medical cannabis laws in, in those areas. So uh, you know, keep yeah. listening. Do you have any other uh, any other pressing questions for for today? Uh, we would love to have you back on in the future sometime if you think of. Oh other... yeah, I would love to be. Yeah, I definitely love to be on another time and uh, actually bring uh, bring a couple friends along with me. Okay, cool. Let's do that. We would. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah definitely. We'll coordinate that, and we'll uh, we'll have you back on with your buddies, and uh, 
it's a this is a, this is a good little segment here. I, I yeah, it was. It was definitely informative, and uh, yeah, I got a got a lot of good info from you guys. I appreciate it. Sweet, Harry Hood, undisclosed Midwestern state. We really appreciate you being on Cannabis Agenda, and we'd uh, love to hear from you again sometime really soon. Uh, Good luck, man. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Harry. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like it's time to move on to our national spotlight. We got any news from the feds or on some sort of national level? What we got this week, guys? Looks like we have a couple clips here. Um, Yeah, we got our our friend uh, Steve Fox. Steve Fox, he's co-author of Safer Book, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the guy. Okay. Um, he's yep. he's a MPP guy, isn't he? Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, he was he was okay. on uh, uh, our favorite uh, our favorite Fox News buddy Steve Douchey's show. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> but he always he, he always he's he holds his ground like you know as always. Yeah. You guys want to hear it? Yeah, let's, let's check it out. Steve. I'm guessing it was in 3D. Meanwhile, America is going up in smoke. According to a new report, the use of illegal marijuana has skyrocketed last year, and so did the number of arrests related to the drug. More than half of the United States drug arrests in 2009 were related to pot. Well, now critics are blaming the acceptance of medical marijuana for these statistics. But is that a fair argument? With us right now is a former drug addict, Bishop Ron Allen, and the uh, government relations director for the Marijuana Policy Project in Washington, D.C., Steve Fox. Good morning to both of you guys. Morning, Good morning, Steve. Uh, Steve Fox, let's start with you. If somebody's breaking the law, they should be arrested, right? Well, I mean, we need to change our laws. That's the basic truth. We have laws right now that do punish people and even arrest them for choosing to use a substance that's less harmful than alcohol. But if they are breaking the law, they should be arrested. Douche. Uh, I'm not saying they should be, but they are right now. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is change the laws because it's irrational. People, adults, the, the spike in use that you're talking about was driven in large part by people who are between the ages of 50 and 60 who have had a great experience with marijuana and alcohol, okay. and they realize that marijuana is less harmful, and that's what they want to use. Now, Bishop, you feel that uh, pot use has skyrocketed because of these dispensaries and stuff like that where people can go in and they wind up with the prescription for pot or they can talk somebody into giving them pot even though they don't need it well absolutely look the mantra for the drug legalizers are uh, pot is less harmful than alcohol less harmful they can't look at us or the or the uh, state of california with a straight face and not say that pot is not harmful well uh Steve Fox, uh, what would you like for me to give you? A rattlesnake or cobra? What's less harmful? We understand the reason why (laughs) marijuana has spiked up. It is because uh, these marijuana pot shops that's all around the state of California, we had seen one time that we had more marijuana pot shops in L.A. than Starbucks. And these pot shops are able to sell dope to anyone and anybody that come into their facilities. Steve Fox? Uh, Well, the truth is, if I had the choice, I'd have a a gardener snake, and that's really what we're talking about. Um, uh, Ron Allen tries to compare marijuana and alcohol as if they are two really dangerous drugs, but marijuana is far less harmful, and it's irrational to punish people if they simply want to use something less harmful. 
And that's, and that's why the support for Proposition 19, with the backing of law enforcement and others, is going up, and it's going to keep going up. And, uh, Bishop, uh, before we go, uh, I know you told one of our producers the problem with these dispensers, and, and keep in mind, in November, California is going to decide whether or not to legalize pot. So that's why we're talking about this. But you say that uh, anybody with an ID card identifying them as somebody who can get pot could go buy it from multiple dispensaries and then resell it to kids or anybody else as well. Well, right? <laughs> look, we have these faulty doctors, physicians, who the medical board need to look at that are giving away recommendation for individuals with, tone, with, with hangnails. And these youth, young adults, are able to walk into multiple pot shops and buy marijuana and then resell the pot on the streets. And Steve Fox, you wonder why we have a spike and an increase uh, in marijuana use, uh, it is it is absolutely because we need stronger regulation okay. on pot shops. All right. Who's right? Uh, folks out there in TV land, uh, email us right now, friends at foxnews.com. Our thanks to uh, Bishop Ron <laughs> Allen and Steve Fox for joining us today. All right. Wow. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> that guy smoked crack till he fell off of his rocker. Um, yeah, <laughs> he cracked up, didn't he? <laughs> uh, dude, um, uh, okay, uh, sounds like a fun business to be in. Going into a dispensary and buying an eighth of weed that's already 50 to $65 and then turning around and selling it to kids for 90 or <laughs> 75 Uh Yeah, that doesn't happen, guys. Um, no, that's just ever a farce. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it does not work like <laughs> that. Like, um, I don't know if anyone's actually gotten a recommendation for hangnail. For a hangnail, that a, seems a little too no. easy. It, it, <laughs> hey, I don't know. Though, what know, if you have some... like, what if you have a lot of problems with hangnails though? Hangnails can be pretty. Uh, a lot of pain, I guess. I, yeah, you bet. Maybe hangnails well, can see, uh, result we, in a surgery, and they often do. Well, this do. is what we've talked about in the past: is pain to what level, you know, and 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 how right. easy should it be for people to use medical marijuana? You know, and, and the deal is, is right now medical marijuana is our only system of being able to use it or produce it legally. So in California, we've opened up the floodgates a little bit, and we're now like, oh, yeah, you can use it for so many things. It's kind of a homeopathic sort of natural solution to hundreds of different ailments and illnesses, which I agree with. So God's nature. Um, totally. God's nature. And, um, and that's kind of where we're at here. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that Steve Fox's uh, number, or uh, uh, his, uh, he was um, talking about fifty to six year, sixty year olds uh, increase in using pot. That's a, that's very interesting. I haven't seen the numbers on that, but that's a very interesting thing for us to kind of look into. But I've heard about that specifically. Uh, the boomers, they they now have empty nests, and they used to use pot in the sixties and seventies, and now they're turning back to it as their ch children have left the home. And uh, Steve Fox does a good job at sticking to the message. He's he's he just pounds the the. It's it's more rational to use than than alcohol. Um, pounds it, and uh, yeah. uh, you know we've we've seen in Colorado that that's a big difference maker. Um, we, we you know hopefully they're going to really start using that in Nevada as MPP continues to push in Nevada, uh, and 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 we need to push that message in California because uh, it's a, it's still a new message. It's became a very accepted message in Colorado, and uh, we're still still working out the kinks with getting it public here in California. But uh, I appreciate that line of uh, 
of argument because um, really and truly, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, you know, he, he, he says that we can't look you in the face and, and say that it's not harmful. Um, we, we don't want to yes. be honest. It could be harm. Burning anything into your lungs could be harmful for you, period. But the amount of harm that it causes is simply to yourself. It's no worse than taking a shitload of prescription pills, which you may need to stay alive, but are ruining your liver. Or mm-hmm. or smoking cigarettes and you know and, and inhaling tons of carcinogenic matter and particulates and, and drinking booze which can mutate your cells and kill you and and mm-hmm. cause you to act reckless and stupid and do stupid things. I mean, if you want to compare the harmfulness of marijuana to all of those things we just mentioned, in my opinion, marijuana is the safest one of them all. So it's rattlesnakes uh, compared to garter snakes, just like Steve Fox well, said. I couldn't believe he stuck with it. I was just thinking that was stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. an excellent stupid. move. Yeah, he's exactly right. I love that metaphor of using the garter snake because, you know, if you ever seen a full – well, you know, this is like dear to my heart because one of my main hobbies is herpetoculture, and I have like six snakes in my in my room back there, and I was just caring for them today. So this is kind of cool that this popped up like this. I didn't expect it. But he's right. If, if anybody knows anything about garter snakes, they grow everywhere. I mean they're all over the place. You know, I mean, in age old, like 100 years ago, old ladies used to get them on purpose, you know, by the handfuls and just put them in their garden because they keep all their, you know, gardens uh, rodent free, you know, and help their gardens grow well. So they're very practical. So that made them everywhere around, you know, regular residences. And if you see one of those things, they can, they have teeth and they can like, you can notice if a big full grown one was really angry and bit you, but it doesn't hurt you and kill you. So, you know, it's just another way of illustrating. I love it that they took it out of context or, you know, put it into these, this metaphors that it makes sense. Um, it's, it's just not deadly. It's just not a threat to people. Cannabis is just not a threat. And yet the prohibitionist mindset, as you hear, they're talking about cobras and rattlesnakes. Like, you know, God forbid you ever get bit by one of those, you're, you're likely to die. I mean, there's a, there's a great chance that some serious, uh, health problems, ramifications can, uh, ensue. So yeah, it's, what, what do you, it's would just, you rather want, want a bunker busting nuclear weapon or just a regular nuclear <laughs> weapon? I'd want a plastic you know? bullet. You know, it's not even a good analogy though, because cannabis is way better than a plastic bullet. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, Ridiculous. you can take it into any context. Yeah, you guys probably that's the truth. That guy done smoked himself retarded. All right. Yeah. Next. What do we got next? What do we got Douche. next? We got. Oh, we got more douchey. Douchey. Oh, no. Douchebag. This oh. guy brings the heat. Is this he a does. clip? Yeah. Here it is. Cool. There are currently 14 states allowing the use of medical marijuana, and this year alone, more than a dozen other states. And their legislatures looked at similar bills, and that's a scary thing considering the short-term and long-term health risks and dangers associated with marijuana. For instance, if you smoke a lot, you suddenly think the person on TV goes dark. <laughs> I'm kidding. Our uh, medical A-team, uh, a- Dr. Sonara Coomer, joins us right now. Hi. Did the lights go out for just a second? <laughs> just a second. All right, good. Now, there are a lot of states. I-, I know two states are going to vote on it in November, Arizona and South Dakota, and also California, they're deciding. You know, and it's so easy, and, and there's some uh, states where medical marijuana laws are on the books. It's so easy for people to get marijuana if they talk somebody at one of these dispensaries into it. Right. But there are long-term effects. Tell us how it affects your heart. Well, what they're finding is that it can increase your risk of heart attack 
almost five times. And that's because when you take marijuana, for the first few hours after you take marijuana, your, your heart rate increases dramatically. It can increase right. up to 20 beats or even up to 100 beats more, which puts a lot of pressure onto your heart. So if you're really abusing this drug, you're doing this a lot. This whole subject is a very controversial mm -hmm. issue is. because we know that it does benefit some people um, who are sick cancer patients who are sure. going through chemotherapy when we people give people who are in so much pain for exactly. some reason this seems to help them but we're t a lot of people who use medical marijuana are misusing it because exactly. they're getting it on the down low well and that's the that's the problem with this and this is where the slippery slope argument comes in is that it can start to be abused and people are abusing the dispensaries mm -hmm. by get by getting too much of marijuana or they're smoking it saying they're using it for medicinal purposes and when sure. you smoke it it can affect your lungs it actually is a carcinogen so it can affect right. your lungs as well plus the the mental capacity, it surely slows down reaction time. Right. right. I mean, remember the commercials with the fried egg on the, this is your brain on drugs? Right. <laughs> Back in the 90s? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happens. Your thinking skills are, are compromised. Your functional skills are compromised. So from a medical point of view, if a lot of people get this who don't need it, this is bad for them. For long term and short term, there's going to be some negative side effects right. with abuse. So it really has to be controlled by your physician. All right. Uh, it's great to have you here. Thanks Our so physician, Dr. Thank Sonora Puma. Thanks for dropping by. Meanwhile, straight ahead, McDonald's. Meanwhile, McDonald's, you're going straight in the McDonald's douchebag? Jeez, talk about heart attacks. Maybe we should make McDonald's illegal. <laughs> Don't you think? No. <laughs> Dude, seriously, the heart thing needs to be looked in. It does speed your heart up, but still. What they don't want to say in this is we still haven't been able to conclude that there's ever been one single death caused by marijuana, not one. Um, but they need to look – I mean you know, these are things that need to be studied uh, as far as heart, how, how it affects your heart. Uh, real research needs to be put into it for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean you know, so what? It, it increases your, your – even if it does increase your chance of heart attack – there are so many things that are legal that increase your chance of heart attack. It's you can't even I couldn't even begin to name them all right now. I'm sure, there's ten sitting on my table right now. So, um, you know, and then the carcinogen things they point that out. And we 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 admit that burning any carbon into your lungs is potentially unhealthy. But the studies have not shown or even came close to proving any way that marijuana causes cancer. Have they, Jamie? Nope, not that I've known of. Has she heard of Donald Tashkin from U uh, UCLA? I mean, that was a NIDA finance study. That was a long-term, full study. Um, I don't know where this doctor gets her information from. Sounds like she's maybe a prohibitionist uh, maybe. plant. I think maybe so. came out in him a little bit more in that, that episode, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, maybe for a, a, a glimmer of a second, one, maybe in one of the last shows, I might have said, well, I don't know, give the guy a little bit of a break. Maybe he's not exactly a douchebag, but, you know, that was then. This is now. I'm, uh, I've am i lost that that part of my my opinion. Yeah, that he guy, is, uh, he has an agenda, and it's not does, a cannabis agenda. No, yeah. but he's covering it because it's a topic that sells, so... That's why, he's, I mean, he's covered it time and time again. Every week we have a douchebag episode, it seems like. Um, right. What do you think about the slowing down of thinking skills? What do you know about research revolving in that area? Well, we got something later on in the show coming up uh, really soon from the research bin. Uh, a new study just put out by the British, it's uh, published in the British Journal of Psychiatry. And they were talking about memory and psycho 
Symptomimetic effects of smoked cannabis. And uh, that actually has to do with your memory and thinking skills along those lines. Um, they're saying that cannabidiol really is kind of the cure-all for that problem. If you're going, yeah, dude, and then I totally, what, what was I saying? Then maybe you're smoking, according to this study anyway, maybe you're smoking too much skunk or, or other weed that's lower in cannabidiols. Um, they, they, su they suggest that you smoke more hash, <laughs> which I couldn't possibly disagree with. So, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> that a little bit more. See, this is the interesting part is we, when we start studying this more in depth, we're going to learn so much more. Once the federal government gets over their whole prohibitionist bullshit, we're going to learn so much right. more about what, what is and what is not real and not just be going off of all this. I mean, we're still trying to bash down the government propaganda. They start with, they start with things that are absolutely not true and, and, and claim that they're just true. To, and, and we're doing our best to, to prove them wrong one thing at a time. And they just mm -hmm. don't start coming with the same BS I'm ready for it to be yeah. done. And, you know, you know, sometimes we, we never proclaim that we're, we're absolute perfectionists or we, we're know-it-alls or, you know, we're like wearing five hats. We're doctors and professional growers and professional everything. We're, we're, we're lawyers. We don't, we don't act that way. And sometimes we're, we can be wrong. Sometimes we can be a little bit, you know, we need to adjust our information a little bit, but we, we, we uh, readily admit those type of things. And one thing I noticed is a difference between the prohibitionist mindsets and the, and the pro-cannabis mindset is that one side seems to admit when they're wrong, uh, you know, pretty readily. And the other side, I can't find any instances where they do that. They just keep on so with the same. I mean, if they, if yeah. they, their admittance of it being wrong is they just will never talk about it again. But if, yeah. if even in, in most cases, they just keep on going with the same, toting the same yeah. line, the same thing. And I think know? that. I think that goes a long way to explaining a lot of the uh, kind of wellspring of support that's that's been uh, coming up in, in our nation lately as of the last several years. Because people, just as a human being, you can look at this and see. I mean, we're keen enough to understand, and they see that. And they're like, wait a minute, that doesn't, it seems plastic. It doesn't stand on its own. They're not, I mean, she just came and gave a ton of different uh, references to things, but she didn't talk about any studies that showed that. You know, she certainly didn't uh, mention Donald Tashkin's study when he was talking about uh, finding no causal relationship with lung or throat cancer. I mean, I don't understand uh, how they can get on these main mainstream shows like this and, and just spout a ton of lies to people. And people are susceptible to that thing. But I think to that stuff. But I think they're 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 increasingly less and less susceptible and they're tired of being fed, you know, a lot of bullshit. Yep. Yep. Definitely. It looks like two Demo Democratic governor candidates uh, are tired of the bullshit, too, right? Yeah, there are. You know, we talk about uh, we're always asking amongst ourselves, you know, what what politicians do you know in the nation that are standing out and saying, you know, even if they don't take it as their agenda, as our much love uh, Jay Selhoffner has done. We're really proud of that guy. But just just coming out and saying, hey, look. You know, because they're all going to get asked this issue now. Everybody knows it's it's a hotbed of discussion right now, um, at least to the point where at some point or other in a public forum, in some sort of a forum where this communication is going to be seen by others, by potential voters, they're going to be asked about what they think about various uh, aspects of cannabis-related law 
in legislation, medical cannabis, uh, le- uh, legalizing, decriminalizing, and so forth. And we're always asking, you know, it's hard to find the ones that know what's going on or that, you know, actually come out and openly state. Well, we have two of them, and, and I'm pleasantly surprised to say that, that uh, both of these gubernatorial candidates are from the Northeast, so it's a great thing because we, we love it when they're from California, but that's more likely to happen. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's way less likely to happen in the, in the Northeast than it is in, say, the Northwest or the, you know, California area. Um, so these are two of these guys um, are Vermont candidate Peter Shumlin and Connecticut candidate Dan Malloy. Now, Philip Smith did a nice little run uh, write up about this um, in issue 651, the, the, the drug war chronicle we always talk about here um, from stopthedrugwar.org. You can check it out. But he said, while neither uh, candidate is really playing up the issue in that, you know, decrim doesn't appear on either one of their uh, issues pages on their websites, um, both has staked out clear positions in favor of decrim and Shumlin has talked repeatedly about it during the campaign. He says, Shumlin says, we simply are penny wise and pound foolish to be using law enforcement dollars to be locking up criminals when they're dealing with small amounts of marijuana. That's what he said during a televised candidates forum before the primary election. And he kept on uh, his message this month telling the Bar Montpellier Times Argus. Wow, say that a few times real fast. He said, uh, I believe we should join California and Massachusetts in decriminalizing small amounts. It is important we have law enforcement focus on meth dealers, cocaine dealers, heroin, and really tough drug challenges that we face as a state. Um, he's uh, Schumann's the current president pro tem of the Vermont House, and he has garnered support of MPP. A uh, much beloved organization we talk about much on this uh, show as well. Um, they've so far MPP has contributed fourteen thousand dollars to his campaign, and they believe that with Schumlin as governor, a, decriminal, a decriminalization bill can pass in Vermont next year. If you're familiar with Marijuana Policy Project, they've been focusing. Uh, they had their sights on uh, getting a decrim bill passed in Vermont for quite some time now. So that's very positive uh, potential there. Um, in Connecticut, Democratic nominee Dan Malloy hasn't been quite as outspoken as Shumlin, but he has come out in favor of decriminalization. In response to a question at a September 6th meeting at the University of Connecticut, he said he absolutely supports decriminalization. Um, according to the running average of polls compiled by Real Clear Politics, Malloy is leading his Republican candidate uh, Tom Foley by 6.5 percentage points. Um, the Vermont race is much tighter. Um, Real Clear Politics called it a toss-up. And Schumlin, uh, leading Republican candidate Brian, I, I swear to God, this is his name, Brian Doobie, by three points in the latest poll. Um, Doobie doesn't that, like it, so, huh? Yeah, isn't that something? Talk about oxymoronic. But uh, Philip Smith, uh, he wraps this up by saying, times are indeed changing when gubernatorial candidates representing a mainstream political party are calling for decriminalization. So, uh, yeah, this should be interesting, you know. Um, one, of the, one of the comments down below does make a really good point. I won't read the, the whole thing, but he just briefly said, seems to me Obama said similar stuff before his election too. And that's a sure. damn good point to keep in mind, you know, for any politician and on any issue. But, uh, you know, this one is no different in that in that uh, respect. So keep your eye on the. But did he, on, he didn't really talk about decriminalization. He ta- I mean, we listened to Obama last week. He talked about it makes I have more of a, a common sense sort of outlook on it. Uh, you know, um, 
just look if if, if you're really sick and and, and and cannabis, but as long as it's in a prescription and there's you know, da, 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 da. I mean, like I don't know. I didn't really ever hear him. Right. I don't recall him saying cannabis should be decriminalized. I and mean, I don't recall that ever coming out of Obama's mouth, you know, but uh, God, he seemed to be, he, you know, they've told, they've said, you know, we're going to follow the rules. We're going to allow the states that have medical marijuana to govern themselves in regards to it. And they sure as hell aren't doing that. So, Hey, Pop, right. um, Pop, yeah. You want to hear something? Yeah. You want to hear Barack Obama? I do. Let's hear it. Bring me Barack. Uh, in terms of legalization of drugs, I think that the, the battle, uh, the war on drugs has been an utter failure, uh, and I think that we need to rethink and decriminalize uh, our, uh, our marijuana laws, but I'm not somebody, uh, but I'm not somebody who believes in uh, legalization of marijuana. What I do believe is, is that we need to rethink how we are operating uh, in, in the drug wars, and I think that uh, currently uh, we are not doing a good job. Oh. Uh, that, that's so back ass back backwards. Yeah. That's dude. some tricky political. Yeah, yeah. He's there. like, he's we such a hedger. Criminalize it. The war is the war isn't working. We should decriminalize it. I'm not saying we should legalize it. We should rethink how we're fighting the war. We're rethinking it. When they go to jail, instead of getting the typical bologna sandwich on old white bread, we'll give them some wheat bread every once in a while and possibly some processed ham. <laughs> I mean, he just he just like said, it's a yes and a no, but it's still a no and a yes. <laughs> and we're, we're, get- we're pleased to announce now that uh, across the nation, um, in many of our county jails, local uh, incarceration uh, uh Folks that have been incarcerated in these jails will be uh, glad to hear, perhaps, that we're doing away with some of the orange jumpsuits, and many of them are going to bring on the new uh, navy blue jumpsuits. So we are definitely rethinking. Look, 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 bottom line, Chicago mafia money. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's the the, And that is the rest of the story. You bet. Mm -hmm. East side. What's happening on the east side? I don't know. We got some East Coast politicking going on. Yeah, we got DC some uh, medical marijuana news out of DC. Yeah. And this week, the district released details of how it will oversee and operate its medical marijuana program. This comes some two months after the D.C. Council unanimously approved medical marijuana in D.C. Philip Stewart has a closer look at the new regulations and how they compare to other states. They are massive comprehensive regulations that detail how the district's medical marijuana program will be wheeled out. D.C. Attorney General Peter Nichols insists getting it right from the start is essential. You want to assure that it just doesn't become sort of a novelty and everybody thinks, well, it's like cotton candy. Among the 300 guidelines released, qualifying patients must be city residents, must register with the district government, and have a qualifying medical condition. The rules also include fines and criminal prosecution for patients who possess unauthorized marijuana. You've got to be sure the public understands that you're putting a program together that will be enforced and will be conservative. Also in the mayor's proposal, the establishing of a medical marijuana program and a seven-member medical marijuana advisory board. It also puts the director of the Department of Health in charge of things like marijuana dispensary registration and clinic inspections. District officials look to the 14 states that already allow medical marijuana for guidance, and experts say there is a lot to be learned from them. I think it's important that we have a system that's Uh, being proposed here in D.C. that involves a lot of regulation and government involvement rather than what we've seen out in California that's more of a hands-off approach and the system tends to sort of spiral out of control. 
Now, there are some critics of the district's plan. They're especially critical of how these dispensaries will actually be chosen and how few medical conditions will actually qualify for medical marijuana treatment. Now, many of these concerns are likely to come up as the city opens this issue up for public comment. That will last about 45 days, but if all goes as planned, medical marijuana could be distributed in the district as early as early next year. In the newsroom, Philip Stewart, News Channel 8. Man, it's about time. It's right. been a long time coming, man. They've been fighting. Man, oh man, they've been fighting for this forever. Yeah, yeah. To have yeah. legislation passed, have the laws passed and not go into effect. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's just put a dispensary right across the street from the White House and let's call it the greenhouse and get the shit on the road. How about that? The green <laughs> man, that would have uh, the most visitors of any dispensary in history. <laughs> <laughs> it's like What's a it? replica of the White House, but paint that mother green. How about that? <laughs> I'm nice. down with it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's going to be a big change in D.C. there. That's uh, that's that's huge. What do you got? Questions on uh, there's a, oh yeah yeah we I, I don't know what you're talking about here. There's yeah. I've Have you ever heard of a PPQ? Yeah, they're called they're, uh, they're, it's publicity public policy questions. Um, sure, it doesn't actually affect any law or anything. It's just a yeah, it's a non-binding, but it it works sort of like a vote a vote except for the fact that it's non-binding, which is actually in a, in a sense matter of speaking nothing like a vote. But but the purpose of it is um, people can vote on this. Um, or voice their, you know, cho the choice on these matters, and they get a, a a more clear idea of how people feel and and what's going on um, in their their area and their districts. So this is a uh, Philip Smith wrote this one to you. This we got this one from uh, issue six fifty one from the Drug War Chronicle as well. But uh, he writes he writes that voters in seventy three Massachusetts cities and towns will be voting on a number of of public policy questions, also known as PPQs, related to medical marijuana and marijuana legalization this November. Those towns and cities make up eighteen state representative districts and account for about twelve percent of the state population. Under the Massachusetts law, citizens can petition to put PPQs on the ballot. They're non-binding votes, uh, but they're a signal to legislators of voter sentiment on a given issue in the district. So it's a great way to get the, 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 the public's opinion out there. Like, we need to do that at this point. I mean, uh, when, when Barack Obama was coming into office, I don't know if you remember, he opened a website called change.gov. And you could go on there and tell him, tell his administration, what are the most pressing and important issues? Well, by, by a wide margin, the most important one of all was decriminalize or legalizing cannabis. <laughs> it was cannabis related. And recently, more, much more recently, the Republican Party decided, you know, when they were starting this huge push in this very election season, they said, well, let's put it out to the people and you help us decide what our agenda should be. And people, the number one thing on theirs, on the Republican Party's uh, uh, site website, was was also marijuana-related issues and in, in, in uh, legalization issues. So, I mean, this is this is a great way to get the message out to people. Uh, well, not just people, but legislators um, about how voter sentiment is and what people are really are really thinking. And I think the sentiment obviously is. Uh, that we need to do some changing, some drastic, uh, ma major changing, and we need to do it right away. 
Um, the Drug Policy Forum of Massachusetts, the Massachusetts Cannabis Reform Coalition, the Suffolk University Normal Chapter, UMass Amherst Cannabis Reform Coalition, and War on Lies, which is an on-again, off-again walk across America for uh, marijuana freedom. They're all uh, the organizers of this year's PPQ campaign. And it's been it's been pretty good. I mean, they've been doing this uh, for a decade now, and uh, they've they've really been making some big strides in turning the marijuana policy tide in Massachusetts. So it's an interesting thing to follow. Um, read more about the story. You can check us out at cannabisagenda.com. There'll be a link right to this one. You can learn some some more about the details of what's going on in Massachusetts. But yeah, PPQs. I wonder I wonder if other states. It does, do other states have that? All states? Any states have those? I'm not really sure. I don't think so. I, nope. I mean, I know that I know that voting. I mean, I think that it varies, you know. From yeah. but but I could be wrong. But I mean, I've never had one. Have you ever voted on a PPQ before? I haven't. I've not. I've not. I've had a lot of polls and things like that, but yeah, never a PPQ. I know probably in Illinois they're like screw that, <laughs> screw that. We don't want to know what they think out loud. Like in the, in the public, it's a little too it. democratic. You betcha. That's exactly right. Unfortunately, it's like, so it's like you know we can sit here and argue about pol- political polls, you know, forever and be like, oh well, they're skewed because of this. It's like, well, here's what the voters that showed up at the voting box and cared about the issue think, you know. Mm-hmm. So and here's your numbers. So stick with that. You're right. It, it is. It is more. You know. Uh, it's in your. It's in your face. And that's what their point is in, in those areas. These are done by MassCan, is who spent the money and put the effort into putting these things on the ballot in Massachusetts. And I believe what's going on in these areas is there's incumbents that run against no one. So they don't have anybody to answer to. So they're at least, since there's no one to even debate about marijuana policy reform, they at least want to make these, these uh, do these PPQs and have you know, the voter sentiment at least kind yeah. of point to towards these incumbent, you know, these unchallenged incumbents that this is how they feel about these issues. So right, well, and it's a very more, democratic more way to do it. Can. They can say no, I hate it if they uh, want to. Definitely, they, or they can. The fact is, in droves, they're not. That's that's the issue. Right, and then I mean, you know, and then you could, and then you could see this too. This is another trend. For every ten voters that vote, only one of them vote on that thing then you obviously know it's not that pertinent to the the people in that district too so right. i mean you know there's several different outcomes of it but yeah yeah pacific northwest you're 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 one of your favorite states what's going on there mm-hmm. got some oregon got a clippy yeah clip. we got a clip check this guy check this out 74 this is uh regarding legalizing dispensary or uh state uh the state dispensary. Uh, regulating dispensaries right you got it yep Hi, my name is Alex Rogers. I'm the Outreach Coordinator of Pro-Oregon. Today is October 2nd, Saturday, and I'd like to welcome everyone to the launching of ProOregon.org. ProOregon is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to ending the war on drugs. Our political director, Anthony Johnson, has co-authored Measure 74, which is on this November's Oregon State ballot. 
What Measure 74 will do is it'll create a regulated supply system that will enable patients to have safe access to their medicine. Right now, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when one gets their Oregon medical marijuana card, most folks do not have access to their medicine and have to procure it on the black market. Measure 74 will change that. So join us in our campaign to pass the word about Measure 74. There's a lot of things you can do uh, to help us. One thing you can do is you can disseminate our commercial video uh, throughout the web to all your web connections. That's very important, and we suggest and encourage you to do so. Another thing you can do is donate to ProOregon. There's donate buttons all around the ProOregon site. Just push it, donate. Every little bit helps. So check out our website and stay in touch with ProOregon because we have daily updates on what's going on with Measure 74. And remember, the most important thing is vote yes on Measure 74. Mm-hmm. All right. I totally agree. I couldn't agree yeah. more. I, I I mean, if you want any, I mean, it, it, here's what you, you're dealing with. You want it to maintain a black market, or do you want to to turn it into a legitimate business? Um, right. And then also for patients, patients' rights. I mean, quality of medicine is so much better when you can go to a shop and look at a bunch of different types and talk with the people that work there about them and their benefits and how it's helped these people and that people with this, that, and, and have a selection and, and be able to have regular hours to where you can just go and get your medicine when you need it. I, I, I can't think of any other system. Although uh, I uh, talk with, you know, a lot of people who are like, this is bad. They will, they love States where it's all black market still. And, and why? Because it's easier for, for them. They don't have to pay taxes. It, 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 you could still, re, you know, retail sell, uh, basically black market pot at retail, uh, and then make the whole markup on it. Um, low level dealers love that because then their profit margins even higher. They grow and then they sell quarter ounces and eights and grams. And uh, for them, that's great. But is that what's right for the patient? Is that that what's right for for citizens? I, I just I think it's a utilitarian decision and. And uh, I'm, I'm a pro dispensary guy. I'm pro uh, retail uh, marijuana in a, in a way to where we can uh, collect taxes and uh, make it a, a legitimate business, just like lettuce. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Coincidentally, <laughs> lettuce. Hey, that's what I think. Um, that, was, yeah, that, so was, you, that was that was it, that was a cue that, that it's your time to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So you're. Uh, you're pro, you're pro uh, dispensary, correct? Oh yes, very much. Now, so. are you pro video surveilled dispensary? Oh God, are you sagging into Rocky Mountain High now? I, don't I am. Know. I, I don't like this story. I'm not so sure that I'm pro anything having to be video surveilled, other than perhaps airport security and nuclear facilities and things that are on a level of huge, you know, catastrophic, sure. Right. You know, Hoover Dam, you know, I mean like, you know, like things that that could cause a major ruckus. Now I don't think that pot is a dangerous enough. uh, I don't think it's dangerous. I don't think it deserves to to where you have to force to do that. I think you as a business person perhaps may want to surveil a place for your own security to secure your, your, you know, your goods and your money and stuff. But, to be forced to do it, ah, off the cuff, yeah. not not down. No, 
I couldn't agree more. Uh, unfortunately, in Colorado, um, Channel 7 News out of Denver is reporting that Colorado is planning the first medical marijuana tracking system. State wants to remote video surveillance um, the and track pot from seed to cell. And uh, this is uh, this should Wait, be what? it's what? pretty concerning for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, state regulators propose a network of video surveillance. Watch this shit. We're talking about like three months of videotape then, just to watch a plant grow. <laughs> no, I yeah. think I think they're talking about feeding it all to a live central monitoring point. Yeah, they wanted to uh, uh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. A network of video surveillance systems where agents can remotely monitor medical pot farms, patient purchases, even the baking of marijuana brownies, um, says Julie Possesswaite. I don't know how to even say her name, but she's a (laughs) spokesman for the State Department of Revenue's new uh, Medical Marijuana Enforcement Division. You know, the guys over near the the Greyhound track. Um, (laughs) The 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 Department of Revenue's Medical Marijuana Enforcement Division. That that kills me. (laughs) Maybe maybe we should just just put taps on all politicians and send all that shit to a central monitoring place so that we can really solve some problems in our country. Right. This sounds ridiculous. Well, as usually happens in this type of a situation, a scenario where they want to monitor you for whatever purposes, under whatever conditions, they have some legitimate reasons for it. They say the goal here is to prevent people from using forged medical marijuana patient cards and to swiftly track down pot contaminated with mold or tainted marijuana food products and oils you know who would want to have tainted products so it's for your own good man just give into it we want to protect the patient this is medicine uh the spokesperson said um this is this this in the long run legitimizes and helps the industry she added they're caregivers they want to provide the best quality medicine out there yet obviously medical marijuana advocates say the all-seeing surveillance system smacks of big brother watching patients and worry it will drive up the cost of pot for patients living on fixed incomes i for one do not want any prying eyes in my business unless they're invited there and i like to bake case, cookies in my boxer shorts i don't want the government watching me do that yeah, what if I'm naked, man? What I don't I, that's my what's wrong with that? That's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> what they're going to say is that's not very professional. You shouldn't be putting out naked medicine. No, you shouldn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. No, pu- you should. no pubes in the cookies, dude. Come on. Oh, you know, no. Uh, an, an interesting well, kind I mean, of dude, uh, you know, like dog dog food killed how many dogs like 5 years ago and they don't require them to videotape the entire process how about pharmaceutical drugs are we forcing pharmaceutical companies to videotape the entire process of putting cialis out on the market your dick pill i don't think so um you know i mean it just seems ridiculous it's one of those other things where they're still trying to treat pot like the redheaded stepchild get over it well, I noticed as a sideline to this story, I uh, there was in the comments somebody said, "I think that this is a good idea in a general, in a very wide general sense." But the way they want to do it is really scary for obvious reasons we've just uh, uh, expressed. But she said there there is a, le- a more legitimate way to do this, and he, they left a link, so I went and checked it out, and it's at uh, biotrackthc.com if you want to check look into it. But I looked at this thing; it's called Biotrack. THC tracking healthcare cannabis. 
And it says BioTrack THC is a complete end-to-end solution. And I'm not going to read it all. It's not really that long, but I won't read it all. It just says that it starts on the grower's end when the grower harvests marijuana. They place it into medication bottles. The bottles weighed and user bottling the medical marijuana must swipe their fingerprint. The server will then authenticate the user to ensure they are authorized to do so. Upon authentication, their software then prints out tamper-evident barcode labels that will both seal the bottle and allow further tracking. And then just to, to shorten this whole thing up, you can go and read it the rest of it yourself. But, but uh, they said that each step of the way, when you take it into the dispensary, you, you both, you and the dispensary person both swipe your fingerprints to swap custody of the American. Still big to brother. Swap custody. You don't even have to yeah. do that for Oxycontin, dude. I was like, like what is this, plutonium? I mean, you the have... next they're going to need like hair samples and sperm samples just so you can even can you imagine? What the yeah. hell? The I, imagery I'm, I'm... is ridiculous. Like you, you approach somebody as a grower, as a licensed grower, and you go to a dispensary and you've got like this really uh, – sleek looking silver case and it's handcuffed to your arm and when you meet them they push the code number in and then you push the code number in and then you both push the side buttons at the same time and it opens up and you can transfer the whatever i don't know plutonium laced cannabis (laughs) i don't know it's 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 an interesting uh, kind of curve to the whole issue i mean i understand that they want to make things uh legitimized and try to kind of eviscerate that whole negative stereotype like it's a, a trojan horse and a, you know all the mer- so-called medical cannabis are these comments. are these pro pot people or are these prohibitionists well they're saying uh they're pro pot and they're saying they're pro dispensary pro, pro medical cannabis legitimacy i guess is what they were they're trying to uh, take the stance of but they said that this will significantly reduce drug diversion it will decrease law enforcement cost increase tax revenue protect the community protect patient privacy protect legitimate cl- clinics provide biometric chain of custody and much much more <laughs> and, a more harmful uh, industry to do this how about that? Try it with something far more harmful like nuclear weapons or something before you do this to to yeah. a consumer product. I mean, fuck, cheeseburgers. I don't care. Something more harmful than pot. This I, it's time for a smoke. Swipe your I can't, I could, I can't. Swipe I your can't. fingerprint. Smoke um, now. To authorize yourself for a smoke break. So we know that you're authorized. Oh, yeah, I, I did. I already did my thumb, my retinal scan, and they said, it's okay, pot. You can smoke, you can smoke now. And I'm, you're, uh, you're cleared I'm, for a puff. Yeah, I'm, 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 I've been cleared for a puff, uh, and I'm, I'm <laughs> puffing on some uh, purple Mr. Nice that I've had around for a while. Um, nice. It's a, a stretchy, stretchy, kind of more on the sativa end sort of plant. Uh, turns purple really easy. Um, people also call it purple hash plant, and then some people Very call cool. it purple train wreck. Although I have actually now seen purple train wreck. Um, people get it confused all the time with that. I I, I would not call purple Mister Nice uh, purple train wreck. Uh, it's a it's a it's a spicy tomato. Um, mm. Not real floral, like not real. De- definitely is more on the earthy, spicy end flavor wise. And I've mm-hmm. had it tested for THC. It's, it's usually somewhere between 9 and 12%, so it's a little bit lower-dose THC with a, a, a fairly proportional amount of CB, uh, CBDs, So, um, which we're still kind of learning what that actually does. But, uh, yeah, overall, she's, she's a good flavor. So Awesome. Um, Sounds tasty. Yeah. Enjoy tasty. that, my friend. 
helping me. I, I just got to remember to to do my retinal scan when I put the joint out, or I could get thrown in jail. So, huh? What's going on in uh, New Mexico? So sorry, my mic was off. So we got the advisory board in uh, Medi- uh, New Mexico has voted to expand the medical marijuana program after a lot of public pressure. Okay, um, and we got a clip for it. Cool. KOB Eyewitness News 4 is there as major changes are recommended for the state's medical marijuana program. Today, the Cannabis Advisory Board voted to expand the state's program. Kayla Anderson went to Santa Fe to hear that decision. She is now live in downtown Albuquerque with what unfolded. Kayla? Well, the Secretary of the Department of Health still has to sign off on those proposed changes, but the recommendations the advisory board made today were met with a room full of applause. Santa Fe Auditorium was full of people passionate about the state's medical marijuana program. We are not going to be able to protect the patients here in New Mexico until cannabis is removed from Schedule 1. Brian Crump got a round of applause for the petition he's filed with the federal government. He's demanding that marijuana be removed as a Schedule 1 drug, which says it has no medical benefits. Which it would prevent interference from the federal government and state medical cannabis programs. It could allow access to marijuana in every state of the country. The board also voted unanimously that some patients be allowed to exceed the legal amount of medical cannabis for personal use, depending on their condition. They receive anywhere from 9 to 12 ounces a month. Um, There are many indications where people may need high doses of cannabis. Probably the most significant one that comes to mind is for treatment of cancer. And as a pivotal moment with a split vote, the board also voted to add depression as an approved medical condition to the state's program, bringing one patient nearly to tears. And I'm just really grateful that PTSD was added because it's helped me and my family so much. And I hope that depression is added. Today's recommendations now head to the Department of Health Secretary, that would be Dr. Alfredo V. Hill, who could still deny those motions. Many people were angry V. Hill wasn't at today's meeting to hear why patients enrolled in the state's program say change is so desperately needed. Hmm. Make it, making some headway in New Mexico. Yeah. Getting the, at least they're getting the discussion going. Um, hmm. So why wasn't that doctor there, I wonder? That is kind of I, concerning. I, he didn't even get to hear all that and see any of the human emotion behind it or anything. But, you know, I don't know. That sucks. You know what else is discerning? The fact that marijuana is still Schedule One narcotic and, and as far as the feds go. I mean, basically, the president of the United States himself admitted that it can be medically useful for people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and and his attorney general, yeah. I mean, and so, okay, you guys are the supreme leaders of the land, and you have admitted that it does have medical benefits, yet you're still allowing it to be be scheduled as a drug that does not have any medical benefits. Yep. Yeah. Two words. Fuck you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Those weren't the two hours. Jamie's taking cover. (laughs) All right. We we got another uh, MPP television ad here. Um, Oh, I hope this one's better. Yeah, I I like this one a lot better. See what you guys think. My name is Heather Torkerson, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Moved here six years ago and was diagnosed with brain cancer. My symptoms with the treatment were nausea, vomiting, loss of appetite. My cousin 
heard about how sick I was doing and I got on the phone with her and she said medical marijuana. If I hadn't had medical marijuana during my treatments, I would not be sitting here today. I'd be in a grave. Please vote yes on Prop 203. Hmm. What do you think, Pot? I don't know. There's something about the rhythm of their their stuff. It's weird. Ominous. There was yeah. no, uh there was no music in that one at all. No, that's better than but I mean still like the way that they I don't know. Mm. What'd you guys think? It, maybe it was better. a little cold. Yeah, it made me uh it's I felt horrible for the girl. I didn't I didn't feel horribly focused on medical cannabis necessarily, which I understand that this she's talking about and everything, but I mean we're talking about someone that's not uh co-hosting a cannabis agenda. <laughs> talking about just Joe, you know, janitor or whatever job, business person or somebody that works in a cubicle and they're getting this information, you know. I don't know if they're going to Oh, it's it's certainly sad that you know she has brain cancer but it just seemed really i don't know ominous but i i, I think that who they're i mean okay in a state like arizona they're reaching out to people and trying to appeal to their sense of humanity and like be like right. shouldn't this person be able to use cannabis if that's what she feels like she needs to enjoy the rest of her time here with us you know right. yeah i believe that's I their mean, primary message for sure you know, and I mean, and and I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's similar to the messages they've used in most states, primarily as their, you know, sort of focal point. Um, you know, so I don't know. Better is better I, than the first one. I think the part of it, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. I just didn't think it was complete. I think when I think about it a little bit more, I, I believe that what I, I, I felt that it's missing the life. Where's the life? Where's the great things? You know, right, like because of just this, I don't, I, you know, like it. it gloom and doom, life. man. Yeah, it is. It's very gloom and doom. That's how I was feeling too. I guess what's she doing now? Did she right? talk to her aunt, whoever, or did she talk to her young nephew somewhere, and it just made her day, and she was excited and happy, and they had some laughs because he does this funny thing on the phone, or you know, I mean, what kind of positivity is in there? I don't know. It seemed yeah. incomplete. Yeah, we're still uh, hoping for a positive outcome on that campaign, though. Um, yeah, I and, think that's uh, likely. We will get to a little bit in, in, into that bill a little bit more in depth next week on the show. So hmm. listen up, and we'll be talking a little bit more about Arizona. Um, sure. There's what's what's the campaign? You got a there's a note here. Donate to the campaign. You guys have some info on the campaign? Uh, it's it's a link to the marijuana policy project in case anyone oh, okay. feels like supporting supporting their campaign okay. there. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. And you can can you support specific campaigns through those donations? Can you say where the money's going or whatever, or you just donate to MPP in general? No, that link there is to the stop is to Arizona's Stop Arresting Patients uh, organization. So I, I would imagine that goes straight to the to the state campaign. Right. I believe if you give to their national office, it'll be just to MPP to use as they feel is most you know necessary. But each of their major campaigns usually has some sort of a a co-involved like the Nevada campaign and the different various campaigns are involved in. So you can donate to their, the local one. Gotcha. Gotcha. What's going on in Mexico? More killing, mm. more death. 
and more death, more same old, same old. And in this case, the same old, same old is really uh, uh, quite a bit away from laissez-faire. Um, in Ciudad Juarez, I don't know if you know where Ciudad Juarez is. That actually means mm-hmm. the city of Juarez. Juarez, Mexico, is uh, Texas, right next. No Taurus, yes, right, at, right next to uh, El Paso, bordering El Paso, um, Mexican. Officials say that a shooting attack has killed a policeman in the border city of Ciudad Juarez. The death raises the number of officers killed in the drug violence plagued city this year to 102. This year alone, that's officers this year alone. State prosecutors say Friday's attack on a police station also wounded two other officers. Ciudad Juarez, which sits next to El Paso, Texas, is a battleground between two rival drug cartels and has become one of the most violent cities in Mexico. Arturo Sandoval, a spokesman for Chihuahua State Prosecutors, says attacks on law enforcement in Ciudad Juarez this year have killed 44 city officers, 21 state officers, 29 federal policemen, three transit officers, three prison officers, and two investigators for prosecutors. But the latest shooting also came as Mexico's government said organized crime-related killings have fallen so far in September compared to previous months. Government security spokesman Alejandro Poire said an average of 36 such killings were recorded in the first 24 days of September compared to 49 killings a day uh, in June, uh, killings a day in June and August. So that's like, uh, they're saying it's a, it's an improvement. (laughs) Can you imagine? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to make a quick mention about that and keep people aware, keep that in people's minds that this stuff's happening every single day and it's brutal, man. And a lot of these murders that are going on down there are not just murders. If you can, as if you can even phrase that to be the just murders, but, but I mean, these are absolutely horrific murders and these are against uh, government officials, shit, right? Like, yeah, Quentin you know, like they're de- decapitating police officers and putting all their heads in a abandoned refrigerator and then tipping people so they can go find them. And it's just atrocious, unthinkable things are routinely going on all because of drug war policy, aggressive legal uh, police uh, oriented drug war policies. And we, we know that that's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean. So hopefully the things will change. They're talking about decriminalization, but you know what? In my experience, now I'm certainly no guru when it comes to this type of thing, but in my personal experience, I've never, ever heard talking about something ever getting something really accomplished besides maybe a informative discussion. So hopefully they can move beyond that. And uh, perhaps Proposition 19 in some way or another will have some kind of uh, an effect. I hope so. Yeah. Mm Research has a, a good effect on uh, the potential of us moving out of this crazy uh, cannabis prohibition era we've been in for mm-hmm. 73 years now, 70-something years. Got some uh, research bin information mm-hmm. for everybody right now, don't we? Yeah, this is a new uh, study I, I mentioned earlier in the highlights. Um, this is from the British or published in the British Journal of Psychiatry. Um, it's called, the study is titled Impact of Cannabidiol on the Acute Memory and Psychotomimetric, Psychotomimetic Effects of Smoked Cannabis, Naturalist, Naturalistic Study, and quite a tongue twister at that. Um, what that word means, I believe, psychotomimetic it has to do with uh, your your memory affecting your recall uh, abilities. 
And the gist of the study, this was um, this study was led by Valerie, Dr. Valerie Curran, um, from she's a psycho psychopharmacologist from University College in London, and she said that if habitual users um, must partake in with in cannabis smoking, they should be encouraged to use strains with higher levels of cannabidiol rather than using skunk. Um, they say that smoking cannabis uh, has long been associated with poor uh, short-term memory, but a study now, this, this new study suggests that the strain of cannabis makes all, can possibly make all the difference. In a test of short-term memory skills, only users of skunk-type strains exhibited impaired recall when intoxicated, whereas people who smoked hashish or, or herbal cannabis blends performed equally well, whether they were stoned or sober. Interesting. Yeah, the findings suggested that uh, an ingredient more plentiful in some types of marijuana than in others may help to reduce memory loss that some users suffer. The key difference, um, says the study, uh, is between the types of cannabis is the ratio of two chemicals found in all strains, tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, um, which is the uh, primary active ingredient and responsible for the effects with the classic high feeling, euphoria, giddiness, and all that stuff. The second chemical, cannabidiol, has more calming effects, and brain imaging studies have shown that it can block the psychosis-inducing effects of THC. Skunk-type strains of cannabis contain a higher ratio of THC to cannabidiol than do hashish or herbal types. So I'm sure they are probably saying, please don't read into this, but it seems pretty uh, simple to read into that. What do you get out of that story? I get smoke more hash. <laughs> Maybe I'm being selective. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you're you're idealizing what you want to get Perhaps. out of that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I um uh, I guess I I guess that smoke break earlier. <laughs> I, uh, that, I mean that makes sense. I don't see why why that sure. you know, yeah, sure. Different They're interesting. different, they different say- chemicals affect your brain differently. Yeah, sure. They well, they're all big on to say that uh, she thinks that she she argues that studying cannabidiol could provide insight into the mechanics of memory formation, which would be a very very good thing, and that it may have uh, therapeutic benefits for disorders involving memory deficits. And uh, to read more about the study, it's published in the British Journal of Psychiatry um, just uh, a day or two ago. So, yeah, that's interesting stuff. I don't know; it makes sense to me too. I mean. Just once again, we go, who knew? I didn't know. Right. I knew I couldn't remember a lot when I smoked skunk, but I, I didn't have any, I, I never had any idea that it was because of skunk or because of the, you know, the uh, ratio of cannabidiol that was in the, the cannabis I was ingesting. So it's cool. That varies a lot within strains, by the way, from almost none to, you know, upwards of 40% or so. So, yep, I guess yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be asking. I'll have the questions next time I, you know, when I get back out west and I uh, go to a dispensary, I'll be uh, I'll be able to ask them some really important questions. How much cannabidiol is this? Not everybody has that information yet, bro. Very very few places. I'm going to I'm going to the one that does. Doesn't Harborside? Isn't that the one that does all that testing and particulate matter and and THC content and all those things? Yeah, they do. And then there's one in LA, I believe, called Cornerstone that does that as well. So. Those are the ones that I know of currently, but, you know. You know, I but. think I would find the strain through their information, and maybe because they gave me that information, I would, I would you know, get it from them maybe once, and then I'd grow my own from there. But Gotcha. So you just have a general idea because, you know, I mean, it'd be different every time you grow it depending on how 
the grow goes and stuff. But um, yep. yeah, but only by you know variance. Yeah. You guys there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. It's a good thing. I thought I heard some water sounds. Hey, uh, that's the. <laughs> those are our stories for today. I, I want to apologize. Our sound. Uh, I was having sound issues earlier in the very beginning of the show, so we apologize for the sound issues we have. Hey, we're gonna play a clip at the end of the show today. What, what's this clip all about, guys? This is a really good one. Um, would you like me to preface it a little bit? Um, there's actually it's a sure. video clip. So they flash some of the names up there who's talking. There's only a few of them. And it should be really easy to keep it, uh, keep it together on who's who here. But uh, this is a clip from uh, Reason, uh, Reason TV. Uh, we really love Reason. They're, they're really, they do some really good stuff. They're really uh, pretty objective in what they do. Um, they're, this is about medical use of marijuana. And it features Don, uh, Don Grubbs, who will be speaking first. He's a uh, multiple sclerosis uh, patient. Um, then uh, Joanna LaForce, she's the clinical director of the pharmacy. That's F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. It's a popular dispensary in San, San Francisco. Um, and Donald, Dr. Donald Abrams, who we're probably all a big fan of, um, he's a respected doctor um, from San Francisco General in, uh, in San Francisco as well. And this uh, piece was produced by Paul Fain and Alex Manning. Cool. So we'll have that on the outro. Uh-huh. That's after, yeah, that's on the outro. Yeah. You guys check it's that certainly, out. Uh, certainly worth sticking around for. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think about it. We never, we don't ever, we don't really get much feedback on our outro videos. Let us know what you think. And also big today, what you guys think about that grow talk we had with Harry hood earlier today? We'd love to know what you thought. Send us your questions. Um, any grow questions would be cool too. We'll, we'll, we'll field them and, and, and answer them. If you guys are into the, to the growth section of it. Um, check this out, guys. Polls open in California in 29 days, 16 hours, 37 minutes, and 20 seconds. Man. Everybody's got to show up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to show up. It's almost here, guys. I'm registered. I'm registered. Yeah, me too. Let us know how we're doing, everybody. Um, questions, comments, uh you can let us know via Facebook, Twitter, too, as well. Uh, hit it up. Um, our uh, website's CannabisAgenda.com. Our email is info at CannabisAgenda.com. You can give us a call, too, 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N. Uh, mm-hmm. Search Cannabis Agenda, Cannabis Agenda on iTunes. Um, you can subscribe. It'll be automatically downloaded once it's available. Uh, please review us on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, hit up our Twitter and Facebook. Oh, and you can always go to our uh, website, campusagenda.com, and you can look at the show notes, and you can link to any of the stories that we were, uh, were discussing. So you can mm-hmm. just click them right off of the show notes. You can also like an episode if you liked an episode, and I'll post it in your, um, in your recent activity. It won't be like a status update, but it'll say it in your recent activity. And uh, we would appreciate it if you'd, you'd do that for us. Um, and also, we would really, really appreciate it if you'd send out some invites to your friends on Facebook to join our community here. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank all of you for listening. We'll be back again soon. Peace and pot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Take care. Best wishes to all of our listeners. Monday.
Day covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. I've used marijuana for the all past five years and find it to be probably the the best drug if you want to call it that in the litany of drugs that I use as far as the way I feel about having MS. I remember one gentleman was suffering uh, at about maybe two weeks to live uh, very dreary dark room, um, wasn't eating, gotten down to 82 pounds, and um, they brought in a brownie for him, and it was unbelievable, in about half an hour, opened his eyes and said, where's the pizza? If this were something that we just discovered in the Amazon, you know, everybody would be knocking doors down to do clinical trials to investigate its potential, because it is quite an amazing medicine. clinic here at San Francisco General Hospital, we had uh, a volunteer, uh, Mary Rathbun, who was our volunteer of the year for two years in a row. She was an older woman, and she used to bring her kids, as she called our patients, uh, marijuana brownies. Uh, this was at a time when we didn't have any effective therapies for HIV AIDS, and many people were dying of the so-called wasting syndrome. I was in Amsterdam, of all places, at the International AIDS Conference, and glancing at CNN headline news and I saw that Mary was being arrested in Sonoma for baking brownies for our patients and when I arrived home there was a letter directed to the uh, director of research in the AIDS program at San Francisco General suggesting that a clinical trial showing the benefits of medical marijuana should come from Brownie Mary's institution as if she were our dean uh, but you know I picked up the gauntlet and decided, well, that's a good idea. I worked as a, a clinical consultant for the elderly. I have a board certification in geriatrics and also worked for the past 25 years with hospice, helping with pain management. And that's where my passion began. I saw people uh, in their last days of their life suffering a lot from pain and other types of symptoms. And they usually had so many narcotic analgesics that they were definitely not even lucid and really couldn't have a good quality of life before they passed away. And so many people asked about marijuana, how they could get it, and so usually I had to tell them, this is 15 years ago, that 20 years ago, that they need to talk with their friends, children, or adolescents, and they could probably help them. Unfortunately, there was no way to find out what it was or what type of cannabis they were using. But the results of using cannabis were just dramatic. My eyes shake because of the MS, which I had at that time, unbeknownst to me, because I hadn't been diagnosed at that time. But my eyes were shaking, and if I'd smoked marijuana, it slowed down my shaking eye, and I could study. And so I got through junior college well enough to be accepted at Texas A&M 
that and the fact that I played a little football. When I left Texas A&M and got into the industry as an engineer, I quit smoking marijuana altogether. I, I was a uh, uh, coat and tie every day at work. Came out here in about 1980, 81, and began designing offshore platforms when my balance continued to get worse out here in California. And because my job required that I climb the derricks, my balance was a major issue safety-wise. Through that scenario, I was diagnosed with MS at about 1982, 81, 1981. Cannabis, the plant, uh, has a number of active compounds called cannabinoids, and they belong to a family of 21 carbon chemicals that all have um, biologic activity. We believe that there are about 70 or 80 different cannabinoids in marijuana. And what investigators found in the 1970s and 80s was that uh, we have receptors in our body, uh, CB1 and CB2, uh, that complex with these cannabinoids from the plants. Now why would we and all other animal species, mind you, have these CB1 receptors. It's not because we're meant to smoke marijuana. What we find out is that we have uh, our own circulating cannabinoid chemicals in our body that don't come from the plant. They're generally produced on demand and they complex with the receptor and they cause uh, biological action. We're working on a product now um, in a lollipop or lozenge form that's high in delta-8 THC instead of delta-9. And when we were extracting, we came up with that and said, you know, what is delta-8? And we found that delta-8 is about 50% as potent as THC, so it causes less of the, the euphoric, euphoric effects, but it's 200 times more potent in uh, helping with nausea and vomiting. So it's a great product for our patients undergoing chemotherapy. I think most of the interest now is on another uh, cannabinoid called cannabidiol, otherwise known as CBD. <clears throat> this cannabinoid seems to have really potent anti-inflammatory and anti-pain activity without having a psychological effect or without producing a high. As an oncologist, there's hardly a cancer patient that I see for whom I don't recommend cannabis because these are patients, especially those who are undergoing chemotherapy, who benefit from anti-nausea, increased appetite. We have many, many other anti-nausea drugs, but cannabis is the only drug that also increases appetite. And we know it decreases pain, again, especially in conjunction with opioids, helps people sleep better, and it decreases depression. So those are five reasons that a cancer patient might benefit from cannabis, and if I were not familiar with cannabis's medicinal properties, I would have to prescribe five different medicines, all of which would have side effects, toxicity, and cost. I'm probably um, under the care of, oh, eight drugs right now, uh, injections and oral tablets and uh, and they're all preventative. You, you, you don't really feel the effects, but you ought to see the downsides on the bottle. The bottles will scare you to death. Like I'm on one drug 
for the multiple sclerosis for spasticity. It's called, what is this? What's in it? It's that one, the baclofen. Uh, is baclofen. And part of the problem with baclofen is that it makes you tired. It's kind of a downer. So they, then they gave me, uh, what is this? Dextroamphetamine. Dextroamphetamine to counteract the sleepiness of this. I'll see what we have here. Effexor. This is an antidepressant. Now, I'm not sure whether they make me antidepressed or not. That's, a, that's kind of an attitude. That, and having MS is depressing. But I can say one thing. Of all the drugs that I do take, the only one that really seems to affect my day-to-day -day attitude and uh, point of view is uh, marijuana. When I worked in a pharmacy, if somebody called and said they had overdose, we would immediately call 9-11 and the paramedics. Um, the good thing, if we get a call that a person is over-medicated with cannabis, we tell them to sit down, drink lots of water, eat, and those symptoms of dizziness and uh, out of control will subside in a couple of hours. So that's, that's the beauty of cannabis. It's much safer. You know, I've been a doctor now for 30-some years, and the number of patients that I've admitted to the hospital with complications related to marijuana use was exactly one. When I was an intern in 1978, uh, somebody smoked cannabis laced with PCP and had a psychotic reaction. The number of patients I've admitted with complications due to alcohol is enormous. So, you know, I, yeah. I think we need to reevaluate uh, what we do in this country, and it's, it's all politics and economics. The nose of the camel is already in the tent, and it's because of uh, videos like this and questions being asked about this drug, how it's utilized, how it affects the just the nine to five of my day. The biggest thing that we can do is work towards changing the schedule of cannabis out of the Schedule 1. Schedule 1 obviously says there's no medicinal value. And we all know doctors, physicians, researchers, pharmacists, patients know that there's incredible medicinal value.